0: Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Polish Presents Unappreciate Masterpieces. I'm one of your hosts, Ron And I'm Bartha Kaspscher. Suck. You suck. Yeah. And you're the other host? Yeah. Of Spit and Polish? Yeah. Presents? Uh, you got presents? No. Oh. Unappreciate Masterpieces, though. Yeah. And we are spit and Polish, likingly, because we are always spitting. And yes, we both happen to be Polish. Is that not correct, Bartek?
1: You said not correct. So if it's is that not correct? Figure it out. Is yes or not mean no?
0: No, that's not correct. No, we are. No, that is correct. That is correct. We are both Polish by descent, at least. You know, Partek. You know, well, we descended quite...
1: from Poland to Australia.
0: We did because Australia is in the Southern Hemisphere oh. and Poland's in the Northern Hemisphere. Oh. So, and geographically, since... we descended. Down. And since we're on, since and we're down under,
1: yeah, and since Australia's on the eastern side of the world map, that makes this an eastern country, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. So, uh, on this show, we do feature-length audio
0: commentary tracks for films that seemingly don't deserve a commentary track. Films that seemingly don't deserve a conversation. Films that people have swept under the rug over the years. They're not ones that are completely forgotten, but they're not ones that are completely remembered either. They're the films that people go, Oh, yeah, that one. Maybe not with a positive kind of tone to their voice, but maybe not a necessarily negative tone to their voice. They're just like, yeah that film. That's a film that was made, and we say yes it was, and all films are art, and we should talk about it like it's a piece of art, because really it is.
1: Yeah, and if you swept it on your under your rug, then you know what? It's still in your vicinity. That's correct. You chose to put it under your rug, not the bin.
0: Exactly.
1: So we are going to talk about the film
0: in a audio commentary track, feature length, in depth. I will do.
1: That account- was a bunch of adjectives, Ryan. You didn't. You didn't give us a noun. Do, do, you, blew, do you? You blueballed us. Do you need a noun? Ryan, I am very extremely
0: <laughs> <laughs> needing of nouns. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, is needing of nouns the noun? You decide. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, so.
0: Um, we will be covering a film, but I don't know what that film is. Bartek, you have to tell me what the film that we are covering for this episode is, because I can't read the title of
1: the episode because I'm in the episode, so I
0: don't know what the episode is.
1: Oh. Yeah, that's the rules. Yeah, and I have to tell him, because he's the one that names the files and the title and everything. Yeah, do the work. This is the origin of where he finds out what to write. Yeah, exactly. The movie that we are watching today is Bartek is the Best. Ah, now I don't speak Polish,
0: but I've been winging it at late, trying to figure out what you've been saying in Polish, because although I am Polish, I don't speak it, Bartek does speak it, and he said, the film is Bartek is the best, which could mean, oh, are we watching, um, (sighs) Bowling for Columbine? Is that what we're watching?
1: No, 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 no. The movie this, this about got gun- nutjobs This film, guns? This film did not have any parts set in Canada. Ah, oh, but it does have Marilyn Manson in it, right? I don't think Barthic is the best has Marilyn Manson in it. Well, it isn't the best, is it? <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. That's not the title. The title is Grease 2. Grease 2? Yeah. I don't know what that is either. It's um, when uh, it's when Dracula or the Count from Sesame Street realises that he needs uh, grease. Mm. That was a good joke. It was so good that I went, mm. And unfortunately, Ryan's already mentioned he can't speak Polish, so I can't <sighs> be surprised by him mentioning it again now, which is why he didn't say it again, which is really good of Ryan. He's very smart. So I'll just tell you that the English title is Grease, 2! Grease 2! Grease 2! Grease is the word 2! Well, it's not the word this time, but it's in the well, title. Well, it's, it's implicated that it's the word, still. In this know. movie, Grease is back to school.
0: Grease 2, from 1982.
1: What? The oldest movie we've covered on the show yet. There's no cutting of classes in this. Well, there's one time they cut classes They do but, cut classes. a yeah. bit in this. <laughs>
0: um, So we're covering the historic sequel... Greece 2. A movie that is um often forgotten. People don't even remember that there is a sequel to Greece. So whenever I meet people and say, "Oh, are you a fan of Greece 1?" People look at me and say, "You mean Greece?" And I'm like, "Well, technically the title is Greece, but since there's two Greece movies, are you a fan of Greece 1 or Greece 2?" And they're like, "I've never heard of Greece 2." Who's in <laughs> Greece 2? And I say, "Michelle Pfeiffer in her first leading actress role and they're like oh I want to check it out and I say well that's a good idea because you should have a legal copy of this and you know they say and you the audience say Ryan I do have a legal copy of Grease 2 on me why do I need it well you're going to get your copy of Grease 2 ready because I'm going to do a countdown from 3 Now go three, two, one, and say play. And you're going to press play at the same time so that you are kind of synced up with us as we discuss the film that is unfolding before our very eyes. So that's why you need a legal copy because Grease 2 is the Grease to the Word 2. There you go.
1: Grease to the Word 2. Exactly.
0: So get your copy of the 1982 classic Grease 2 because I'm going to start this in three, Two, one play. Ah, and here we go. Instead of three, you should have said Greece. I should have said it. So we are three seconds in, four seconds in, five seconds in just so that you are lined up there. That's more seconds than Greece films. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually true. Yeah, that's actually very true. So Bartek. yeah, this is Greece two. Um I am not a fan of Greece one. Mm. I've mentioned this on the podcast before, recently, in fact. I fucking hate Grease with a fiery passion. There's no other musical that I hate more than Grease, I think. um, In terms of, like, original, like, you know, musicals. Like, sure, it's easy to hate sequel mo- sequel or spin offs or lesser-known ones that are kind of stungy. But, I mean, in terms of the big boy musicals, yeah, I hate Grease. Mm. I don't understand why people like it. And I still don't understand, because I've watched Grease 1, the original with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, in preparation to watch Grease 2. Now, I have seen Grease 2 before. I don't know when. I don't know why. But I have seen it before, and I blended elements from both films into each other. When I was going to watch Grease 1, again, I haven't watched it in a decade, I was... Saying to myself, "No, Ryan, you'll like it this time. Everyone else likes Greece. Come on, Ryan. What's the good aspects of Greece that you like? Maybe they'll be even better this time round. And the aspects that I held on to were I like Rizzo and Kaniki. Mm-hmm. Rewatching it, I still like them, but not as much as I thought I did. And um, I liked the teachers." Now, the teachers' aspect is all Greece 2. They've barely got anything to do with Greece. Yep. You, like, really, they got barely anything. They have the max amount of effort that they have in terms of things is the assistant to the principal does a little xylophone gag, and that's about it. I remembered lots more of Greece 2, evidently, because <laughs> I re-watched Grease 1, and I... Fucking still despise it. I found it boring. I will go into it in more depth while we do the episode of why I don't like Grease and why I like Grease Two far more. Um, Bartek, what's your history with both Grease films?
1: Grease Two was one that I know that I knew existed, but I just never got around to watching it before seeing it for this show. Uh, as for Grease One, uh, I I grew up on the film. My mum and I mm. are big fans of it. Um, I can't necessarily defend it against some of the ac- accusations, that, or accusations, the things that you criticize it for, because, yeah, they, they're they definitely valid. Um, mm. But I've just always enjoyed it. I, I remember the songs. I've seen it many times. It has been almost a decade since I've last seen it. But yeah. But, yeah, it's just something I'm fond of. It's nostalgic to me, basically.
0: It's a nostalgia thing. That's yeah. what I understand with a lot of people. But then there are other people who still consume it. Every year and I just go
1: I saw the musical what? a few years ago like um, in the city well that's was it good <laughs> yeah it was good um, i feel, I feel like only there was like one part that I thought like could have been a bit better but otherwise when I said we were gonna do Greece too
0: mm-hmm You kinda went, Ah, like and then you explained to me that you really like Greece One. Mm. Like you were like, I love Greece One, basically. Like you you were very you were very ecstatic about Greece Greece and I was shocked because I didn't expect you to be a fan of Greece. I don't know why. I just in my brain, I don't expect anyone to be a fan of Greece
1: because I hate it so much. And then people the, people I, yeah. the, the
0: people who I do expect to be a fan of Greece, I don't like them very much. Oh, so. the, the big
1: musical fans who the
0: love big all musical things nuts. musicals. Yeah, yeah. And the thing I don't understand about Greece. You know, I don't want to go the whole movie talking about the first Greece and why I don't like it. We will go yeah. back well, on. Well, this is the start of the episode. We will go back yeah. talking about Greece because you can't not talk about it because there are connections between the two movies. It's not like this is a completely s- separate movie. There are recurring characters from both from the original into and this, and
1: and it's probably fair to say that a lot of people who criticize this movie do it on the basis of the fact that it is related to the first one. Exactly.
0: Grease 1, my main problems are the ones that you would hear from a lot of people. It's the theme of the movie. The message of the movie. I hate it. I I despise it. It's like, they're a very unhealthy couple. John Travolta and Olivia Nune, John Sandy and uh, Danny. Mm. I also realised on rewatch most characters' names are easy sounds. Danny, Sandy, knicky Frenchy. A lot. Uh, Miss McGee, <laughs> like. Sonny, yeah. Sonny, uh, all of them, uh, pretty much. Uh, not Rizzo, though, she's different. But um, I don't like the conceit of if you can't change them, change yourself for them. It's terrible. Like, the movie, I will give more credit than in my memory. In my memory, I forgot that he also changed for her by wearing a white jacket at the end. But then he throws the white jacket off as soon as she comes in and he's back to being Danny again. (laughs) And then they fly off in the car. Uh, I hate that. I hate it. I don't understand in the world that we live in where a lot of other musicals that I feel have more worth have been... um, you know, not looked upon favorably in time because of certain thematic issues that don't resonate as well now in our more PC culture. You know, Rent gets a lot of slamming nowadays, as does Rocky Horror on some levels. Uh, I don't know why Greece still comes out fine at the end of the day. It is a terrible message for, for women, uh, for feminism. That's why I like Greece too, because this is a far more feminist view on, on Greece. It's like... The filmmaker, who was the uh, dance choreographer for the first film... Yep. She saw the problems and went... One, let's make the choreography even better. Because look at this opening sequence here. The choreography is off the chain nuts. Like, I mean, with the first one it was individuals had great choreography like john and Knicky and all of these but the background people didn't go as merely crazy unless it was the school dance sequence or something but in this look at this opening sequence everyone is off the chain
1: nuts we should point out that in that there's a there's a south indian remake of this film apparently <sighs> and i think that this is one of the sequences that they carried over into Good. the remake Good. This one and one of the song, I think the Who's That Guy song.
0: Good. Um. Yeah. My main problem with Greece is that message. I don't understand why it's still not viewed upon negatively now in our culture when we're like feminism and women's rights and and you know gender equality and just good female characters. Because Sandra D is, uh, you know, Sandy is the worst. Um. As is Danny. Kaniki and Rizzo are the best, but they're also terrible. <laughs> But at least, I, my main problem is with Grease, I'd Ryan, rather... Stop th- picking on
1: the teenagers.
0: I'd rather watch the love story of Rizzo and Keniki and have Danny and Sandy be the B-story. <laughs> That's always my problem, because their story is far more emotionally compelling to me and understandable. Um, watching Grease again, I also don't understand... the. the it's just overtly sexist which this movie is too, but this movie actually makes it a point in the yeah. movie. Like, like it actually is saying, you know the T-Birds and the pink ladies? They're fucked. Yeah, this, they're, the, the, Their the, dynamics the, are toxic and terrible yeah, and they need to change.
1: Yeah, they have, in this film, they have the whole attitude that the pink ladies are like, closely linked to the t-birds as they yeah, can, can only, it only be... date them which is yeah, which... never in the first yeah because <laughs> sandy generation. never
0: becomes a pink lady no, yeah not no, once
1: not no wonder frenchie's not a pink lady in this well she has a jacket well but...
0: no she is but she's not in that generation of pink ladies yeah. i would say it's like an alumni pink lady like like she's the pink lady of yesteryear but they still have to respect her because she's a former pink lady yeah Frenchie's in this, by the way, who I didn't realise was probably actually my favourite character upon re-watching it, because her character actually has an arc that I respect and is consistent throughout the first movie. That's it. You know, I don't really care for the music very much in the first Grease either, but I do have to respect it for what it did as a musical in terms of songs propelling story forward. Grease 2 more takes the approach of songs being songs, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Um yeah that's my my rant on on Greece. I like Greece too far more because um it's like an anti-Greece. It's kind of like Greece inverse. Like it's an inverse of Greece because it's like let's make Danny Zuko Michelle Pfeiffer. And let's make Maxwell Caulfield like just Sandy as well. So again, uh, but it's like the genders are reversed but it's like everything's the opposite of of Greece so it's kind of like this the sexism is actually addressed and is 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 actually frowned upon the teachers are in it more the songs are way more overtly sexual mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't pussyfoot around I, I i just don't know i i i i like the fact that in this movie uh you know Uh, Rex Manning from Empire Records Maxwell Caulfield, when he transitions into Cool Rider... It doesn't come out of nowhere, like at the end of Greece when she becomes sexy Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, where it's like
1: he has the song in like the second last scene where she's like goodbye to Sandra Dee. And the next scene, and then like,
0: next scene she's like a babe who's in black and all this. In this, it's very slow transition, but it makes sense. And at no point in this movie did I feel like he's a completely different character when he's doing it. Like like he's putting on a persona, but I feel like the cool rider is an aspect of him that exists that he's just bringing forward. Well,
1: the film literally compares him to superman at one
0: point yes yes it does yes it does and he's very english (laughs) as well but he goes less english as the film goes on i like that this film has johnny who played uh, danny zuko in the broadway production originally Mm. um and he is kind of like the evil version of danny zuko but what i mean by that is normal version of Danny Zuko but if the film didn't frame him in a way where he was the main character that's how I feel about Johnny Johnny is basically like Danny Zuko which a lot of people complain about when they don't like this film it's like he's just like not having the real cast there's like no I feel like this film is critiquing the original movie with Johnny in particular because he's basically the same as as Danny and and Kenickie but they don't frame him in a way where you're supposed to like him very much. Hence, I like him, because I hate in Greece that I'm supposed to like them. Yeah, you, you like his characterization
1: in the context of this film. Oh, Bartek's favorite
0: character. He was one of the other teachers in the first movie, uh, but he's playing a different teacher here. He was apparently a different teacher in the first movie. He was the one at the school dance that was checking off people's names or something or other. He was also very twitchy, but for some reason he plays a different <laughs> character here. Now Bartek, you well you... they mentioned that
1: he comes back. Maybe something happened. No, in the, no, the trivia
0: it says he's a completely different character. I was wrong. Now Bartek, you're a fan of Greece, as you mentioned, having walked into Greece 2, not having seen it before, but you knew of it. Mm-hmm. What were you expecting? And 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 kind of. What did you get out of the film? Because it kind of like like I said, I, I personally view it as like a critique on Greece. But what about you? What did you get out of all of this?
1: Uh well like the big boy I am, I walked in with an open mind. Um it and definitely I can see this as a completely different entity to the first movie. There are some aesthetic similarities and you know similar terminology, even as basic as oh, Rydell High. I, I that's a concept that I recognise strongly linked to the first Grease film, um, and I I actually I appreciate this film a lot as being so distinct from the first one. Uh, it, a lot of people do call it a retread and simplify it to its you know gender flipped grease in a way no. in regards to the fir- main two characters Barsack, yes? I've
0: got something very important that needs our attention right away because at 13 minutes and 30 seconds into the movie a man is doing hurdles of, jumping over hurdles and his testicles fall out of his shorts, I just want to point that out, this gentleman here on the left his testicles fall out there they go, right there what? I just wanted to point that out while it was still relevant
1: in the movie. I wish I noticed it more, I guess, because he was, you know, jumping around.
0: His testicles fell out. For those who are testicle fans, 13 minutes and 30 seconds into Grease 2, you will see a pair of testicles flop out of a man's shorts. Enjoy. When you
1: were describing that, I was like... Like, they fell off his body? Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Like, they drop out of the... Ho- like the Yeah, they pants. fell off his body. So, sorry, go on. You were saying it's very distinct and
0: unique in its own right, the film, Grease 2.
1: hmm Yep. Uh, it's got aesthetic similarities. Um, characters. Characters. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I like that even though it is a different decade, it doesn't, like, do... Because C- when we think of, you know, the various decades... We think of oh fifties and then we list out the fifties stereotypes and yeah, 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 you know yeah. things like that. Sixties, oh the hippies and all that. Um I like that this film didn't try to just say, oh, this is now the sixties. We gotta completely shift over from fifties mode. It's still acknowledging this is a transitionary period between the decades. Yeah, exactly. It's very mature and intelligent. Uh, and I like intelligence.
0: There's 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 the
1: coach. Mm-hmm. He, was he in more than one scene in the first film? Was he the one yeah. in the wrestling class?
0: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, he's he's just a sports guy. He was doing, in the first one, he does the legendary speech at the football game where he's like, We'll rip him apart! We'll disembowel him! And he just keeps going on and on, and then the assistant principal chick is just like going along with him in the background. She's like, Yeah! Yeah! And the principal's like, What's wrong with you? kind of look. <laughs> Um, I like in the first film that his character sets up that uh, Rydell High fucking suck at sports. Like like he's like, maybe one day we'll finally get to ring that victory bell and he just looks over at it and it's all dusty. <laughs> um And in this film, they still set that up because it seems to me, um, the T birds uh, in this film are a lesser version of the T-Birds in the first film. Like, they make a point that they're more cowardly. Yeah. Um... They're more motorbike centric because in the first film they're Those more cars. cars. Yeah, uh, they're more cowardly. Like, look here's the. I think they're still the scorpions, the rival gang, whose I character. Read... His character is a. The actor is playing a different character to he to the one he played in the first movie. He's still like the
1: lead guy
0: in the first movie that they race at
1: the end. He's a different character here. What was weird, what, Ryan? Because I you had mentioned that to me before. And when I looked up, because his name's still Craterface, right? No. No? No. He's a different character name. Because when I looked it up on the, I think it was like the Grease Wiki or something like that, his name was like Craterface Balmudo or something?
0: Yeah, no, he's got a different name in both of them. So this one, he's
1: not Craterface. I never mentioned that at all. Yeah, and I don't know if it's ever mentioned in the film itself. So, you know, death of the author or whatever. But I think the gang in this film is meant to be called like the something riders cyber bikers or something i like would that? love it if there were cyber bikers before cyber yeah, ci- was I, I don't i feel like cyber's wrong but i feel like that oh he's cheating at bowling well yeah they all cheat at bowling i can't believe this i used to be in a bowling league and this is not what happened were you a t-bird i was uh our team was called the bears i think
0: the bears the
1: t-bears
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what the t
1: stands for thunder isn't it yeah yeah
0: i didn't know that um, they never really make it a big deal in either movie. It's kind of like mm. you have to do the legwork of figuring it out for yourself. Like, they do probably say it, but they don't make it like, We're the Thunderbirds! It is They just go, Yeah, we're T Birds. I always knew it, but I don't know where I I do love the gag of um, the principal, how she keeps calling them um, Thunderbones, or was it? Uh, the T Bones? The T Bones. Yeah. <laughs> or, and I think at one point, she calls them the T Bags. <laughs> i am got to say. I've already watched Grease Do. I didn't have a strong memory, but I had a, uh, you know, a memory of it, like an amalgamation of things. She's the best character in both of these movies, the principal. Miss McGee, is it? Yeah. I think so. She's the best. She's got the best lines. Like that joke in this movie about the girl missing her two periods, and she's like, "Don't worry, well, you can come to school after and make them up." And then the girl leaves.
1: Where does the pollen go? <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's great, and I'm very, you know, it's it's interesting that this was her last movie. Mm. She, she she retired and uh, from doing feature films, uh, and she you know died in 1990 at the age of 82, uh, which means in this movie she's like in her 70s, and she looks great. Yeah, she'd be what, seventy four? Yeah, eighty two, she died in ninety. Yeah. So like, um, she's great. She looked great in this. I wouldn't have guessed that she was in her seventies at all. She's Mm. she's fantastic. But uh so Bartek, you you like the music in Greece. But do you like the music in Greece too?
1: Do you wanna go bowl, let's bowl, let's rock and roll. (laughs) Good lyrics. Um, yes, I appreciate it a lot. Like I said, this film is very distinct from the first Grease film, and I feel like that carries over to the music as well. Definitely, uh, you know, we, we were talking just before the recording how there's a lot of a sexual innuendo in yep. both films.
0: You mean with this song we're gonna score tonight? <laughs> yes, um... Great shadow dancing.
1: And I was trying to describe this, how, what I felt was different about the the music in this film, and it wasn't really ring with you. But then you mentioned cheesy, and I was like, "That's it. That's the word." I feel like the music in or the song, the, the lyrics in this movie, at least, are a bit more cheesy than the ones in the first film. Yeah, and I think that's very upbeat too.
0: Yeah, this film is um, until the end yeah. very upbeat. There's a certain dramatic choice that they make at the end that I think will make it or break it for certain people. It. Frickin' made it for me. It is very dark. I was actually in shock that Greece went that dark. Are you talking about the thing that happens after the Four Seasons song? I think so. Yeah. A certain, um, bike trick. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, so the music in this is a bit more cheesy, a bit more uh, overt in the sexual nature. But do you think that kind of matches with the era that this is now set in? While the previous one was set in the 50s, this is like set in the 60s. But it's not being too overt with a free love nature, I just...
1: Yeah, wonder... well like I said, this is, a, this is like Transition- a transitionary period.
0: So do you think that the choice of making the songs a bit more overtly sexual could, um, link into the now transitionary time period
1: into free love. I hadn't thought of that when I brought up the transition thing, but now that you mention it, I think that's exactly what's happening.
0: That's what we call brilliant moves on the filmmaking Especially,
1: especially we should remind our audiences, our listening people, I'm so sorry I used that A word, (laughs) um, that Greece, the first one was made in the 70s, this one was made in the 80s, it's definitely a look back at the decade, so they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, exactly, um... Now, not all of the cast returned.
1: Well, yeah, very small.
0: We have Frenchie.
1: Mm. Uh, I have the information about Frenchie that I'll share in a moment. The the part about uh, her conclusion. Yes, yes, her so-called conclusion,
0: which is, we'll get into that. Um, We have pretty much
1: all of the teachers have returned. I believe the returnees are Frenchie. The nerd, who I guess hasn't graduated yet? Well,
0: that's the weirdest thing. He graduated at the end of the first movie. Yeah.
1: But he's still here. Um, that
0: means he got held back three years.
1: Yeah. Some valedictorian, huh? <laughs> um, There's, I guess, uh, I guess Craterface doesn't count, but sort he's of He's a different does. character.
0: He's this returning actor, but not character.
1: He's a returning entity? Same with the,
0: <laughs> same with uh, Mr. Mr.
1: Dying. What? The guy that's dying. Oh, Mr... Time, dying every time he appears. Yeah, I
0: can't remember his name off the top of my head. I think yeah. it's Mr. Parks or Mr. something yeah. or other. Spears. Mr. Spears. Yeah. He played a different character in the first one, but he's back. It's basically,
1: haven't... Frenchie Eugene, not really Craterface, the teachers, like the coach, the principal, vice-principal. Yeah. Um.
0: The substitute teacher wasn't there, and nor was Sexy Teacher in the first one.
1: Yeah, I think those four with Craterface being a ghost fifth
0: yeah, and they were going to have cameos from some of the original actors. Uh, mm-hmm. I really wish they had the Kenickie one, which was Kenickie was going to... Jeff Conaway was his name? Yes. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, for him. Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah, he died, and it's really sad.
1: He would be returning on this show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sort of. He... um was going to be the manager of the bowling alley in this sequence and mm-hmm. was going to be the killjoy in the middle of the dance number. They were going to have him storm in and kind of be like, what are you guys doing? And do a wicked dance of his own to show them how it's done. And they are like, ooh, but that didn't happen. I really would have loved that, actually.
1: And then they're fearful of him and he says, can you put up a fight? Yeah, exactly. And then everyone in the audience is like, yes. And
0: then he's like, also Grease Lightning... Grease lightning should have been my song it makes more sense in the story but John Travolta wanted him to do it so the director said sure John you do it instead of Kaniki doing it it makes more sense that Kaniki would sing about his own car but whatever it's not like Grease is a flawed film um hmm. And John and Olivia were going to have a possible cameo. They only got brought in to talk about it, then they never came back. But the idea was they were going to (laughs) be... This is the saddest idea ever. (laughs) This is going to blow your socks off with how pathetic of an idea this was. They're still together, which blows my mind. Uh, They own the gas station. That Michelle mm. Pfeiffer works at. That was going to be their cameo. So when Michelle Pfeiffer rides off with Cool Rider later on, they would have run out and went, "Where are you going?" And then, and then that would have been it. And I went, "That's sad." <laughs> the idea that yeah, that, I didn't know that that um that <laughs> Sandy and Danny after
1: school at the petrol station <laughs> that
0: cracks me and up.
1: She doesn't. She doesn't even get to acknowledge her cousin. No. Wow. Well, she doesn't know, he's wearing goggles. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. As you would
0: know, he's wearing goggles. We can't expect them to to understand who he is because he's got goggles on. Mm. And yes, that's the big thing. Our main characters are uh, Stephanie, who's played by Michelle Pfeiffer, who bravely, I don't know, actor's choice or director's choice, wears sunglasses for 50% of the movie. Mm. Think about that. That's blocking the eyes. That's a very bold choice for your female lead. She's your Danny Zuko in this movie, I would say.
1: Yeah, definitely the equivalent.
0: And we have Maxwell Caulfield, who's... Uh, uh, what's his character's name again? I'm forgetting. Michael. Michael. I knew it was going to be something vanilla. Michael, who's the cousin of Sandy, because he's English and she was Australian. And as we yeah. all know, our cousins are from other parts of the Commonwealth. Yes. <laughs> So you know, my cousin
1: is New Zealand, and your cousin is Jamaican.
0: They're not in. The, are they in the Commonwealth?
1: I think they're Commonwealth.
0: I was gonna say, like, if they if they are, hello there, oh, <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> they're in the Commonwealth. I think so. Yeah, we've talked about this before on the show. Yes, they are. Um, they might be. They're hundred percent are. Bartek's favorite character probably is this Michael? little girl <laughs> who her um, name's
1: Dolores,
0: and she disappears in the movie. Um, You know why she disappears in the movie?
1: Is this a real-life indication? Yes. Ooh, what happened?
0: She was in a car crash uh, in real life, and they couldn't get her properly for most of it, so sometimes, like, in a scene like this, they would have doubles for her, and it just became more complicated to have her in it, so that's why she kind of disappears throughout the movie. Oh,
1: I did hear that someone had, like, doubles throughout the film. I didn't know it was her.
0: And Frenchie. Frenchie is in this For part of it, yes. Frenchie was brought in at the beginning, but they hadn't fully completed the script before filming. Yep. So while they started doing that, Frenchie's character got eliminated from the movie, but she had already filmed her scenes, and she doesn't have a conclusion, which is very upsetting for people like me who like Frenchie. Mm. Frenchie's last scene is her doing chemistry, Halfway through the movie. We never see her again. And that's upsetting. That's probably the weakness of the movie. Is lack of Frenchie action. And Frenchie just goes. Bam I'm gone. We don't see more Frenchie. She's pretty much the spirit guide. for, For Maxwell Caulfield. To be like. Yeah, this
1: is how it all works, and I'll help she's, you. She's basically kind of like the grown-up student, which is actually kind of a cool Yeah, she thing.
0: she was the beauty school dropout, and then at the end, she comes back, right? But in this, she comes back because she wants to do just chemistry. Yeah. I don't know if that's how school works, but high school.
1: <laughs> well, 50s, 60s, I don't know. Yeah, it's
0: different time, um, man.
1: But yeah, it was cool because, like, you know, the young people... There's this kind of idea that like they're not really choosing to be there. They're there because that's what they have to do to progress in society. But her, you know, she had left this uh, status quo and has obviously chosen specifically to go back. Choosing, choosing specifically, <laughs> choosing specifically to go back, dog. <laughs> what, what the? F- yeah, hey, yeah hey, dog's hey, not really. Here's a funny thing. Why we chose Greece two? Why we choose in Greece? Too. Why
0: we choose in Greece two is um, Greece one had its fortieth uh, anniversary recently. Hmm. Forty years. Now think about this: if Greece, the characters in the nineteen fifty nine, had its forty year school anniversary, that would be set in the nineties. No, yeah, nineteen ninety
1: nine. Mm-hmm.
0: Can you imagine that as Greece three? <laughs> 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 that would be great, <laughs> and they sing nineties style songs, <laughs> and then there's black characters because there are no black people at Rydell High because it's at a whites only school. I imagine. Mm. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Now, Bartok, who was your favorite character in Greece, and who's your favorite character in Greece too?
1: Not sure. I've ever had a favorite character from from Greece.
0: What about Sorry Greece?
1: for the exciting answer, guys. What about Greece too? <laughs> Grease 2? that was a,
0: the other part of that.
1: I feel like you know what I feel like. If I had to, you could say Goose. It's like- if I if I had to pick favorite characters from you know both Grease films, I feel like it might be a bit easier in this one because there's you know a lot of colorful characters, a lot of different appeals. Yeah, take that, Grease. Um. Like we could say that. Um, You know, like, the principal has a lot of witty uh, characters. The principal has a lot of witty lines. Um, There's the side characters who have different, like, you know, comedic elements to them. Um, Or you could just go to your base instincts and say that one character's cute. Foreshadowing. Who's... who's, Okay. To IMDb. Who's the character you think's cute in this? Cute? Twins are kind of cute. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No,
0: no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... I think Michelle
1: Pfeiffer is banging in this. She is. Uh, yeah. it,
0: <laughs> she is. Yeah. Like it's
1: Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, she's Oscar. not. Li- well, she's not literally banging, but. You know, she's banging. Uh, she straddles that ladder pretty <laughs> like, good. She bangs the ladder fine. Uh, look, I don't. I don't
0: know how it was for people, but I I've said on the podcast that my actress that was my sexual awakening was uh, Heather Graham, mm. specifically in Austin Powers Two, but. Is it weird that watching this film as an adult, seeing Michelle Pfeiffer straddle that ladder, that I had a new sexual (laughs) awakening? (laughs) And I've already been sexually awoken by Michelle in the past with such great films as Batman Returns. Obviously, most people were sexually aroused and awoken by her in that film, where she's vacuum sealed into her Catwoman outfit. (laughs) and and licking things constantly
1: (laughs) and I assume that you watch this film with your girlfriend that you love dearly
0: oh yeah and she was sexually awakened by (laughs) Michelle as well (laughs) because how are you not she is the best part of this movie
1: yeah, she's but, definitely something that I see very commonly acclaimed. Uh, you know, Miss
0: McGee's my favorite character character, but in this movie, I really like Johnny. As I've mentioned, I find him an interesting uh, character to dissect and look at, especially as a, a, in comparison to the first movie. I feel like his character solely exists as a very harsh critique of the first movie, as do all the T-Birds. But Michelle Pfeiffer as Stephanie is the best. She's a great female character. Something Greece sorely needed. Like I'm not saying r- we have got Rizzo, but she's a secondary character and her story really is just like, oh, I got pregnant and then I'm not pregnant. We Uh in this Michelle Viva is
1: she's, she's 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 not a trophy, man.
0: She's her own woman. She
1: she's she She po- wants a cool writer. She's in a position where she's meant to be treated as a trophy, but, but she's she, she, no. she ain't having that.
0: Also, can I just say something? I'm sure you can. It's a podcast. I appreciate the costume design in this because someone... I don't know if it was the director. I don't know if it was Frenchie. I don't know who came up to the costume person and said, hey, you know the pink ladies? Maybe she they should wear pink through the movie because in the first movie, they wear their pink jackets and that's about it, but they wear them barely. In this, she's got black with pink lining and all that and... And she's not always wearing pink, and she's got a pink car. I like how someone went, they got the pink ladies in the first movie, basically for no reason, other than you could have a cool establishing shot of them. In this, they stick to that. They're like, they are the pink ladies. Give them pink in their outfits. Not just the jackets.
1: Give them little skirts, little shoes, something. I think that might also just be a decision with the new image of the pink lady, because this is a new generation, they have you know, and this film does have the whole, not sexist, the opposite of sexist, uh, what's the opposite of sexist? I
0: don't know.
1: Well, that's that's a comment on society. Then we don't know the opposite of sexist. Um, Equality. <laughs> oh, feminists. To... I guess feminism. Yeah, the yeah, feminist message
0: of the. <laughs> there's gonna be some. There's gonna be some like troll guy listening. this going Feminism feminism not the opposite of sexism. It is sexism because women don't want us men to have rights. Menism <laughs> is where it's at.
1: What I was trying to say is because the message of this film, well, not message, but the characterization of them in this film is that they are meant to be, like, satellite orbiting around the T-Birds. They're meant to be their women, only their women. Um, Which is terrible. Which is terrible, and that, like you said earlier, is a part of the film that's acknowledged. Um, Yeah. And I suppose making them wear pink and having all this pink stuff and being a lot more feminine would be a characterization decision that... uh, compliments that idea. Mm. Um, so it might not necessarily be that someone was like, Hey, you know what we really should do? It might just be that, you know, that was a decision, uh, made to work towards that idea. Mm. And we see, uh, Stephanie here fighting against that because she doesn't always wear the pink clothes.
0: No, but she's getting on that ladder right now. And I'm being, Oh boy. Here she go! Oh boy! She literally said, "Cause I'm gonna ride." Oh boy! And she's doing jazz hands. It's great. Uh, I uh, knees doing jazz hands. Everything's doing jazz hands. <laughs> i'm doing jazz hands vigorously um let's
1: turn off the screen for a few minutes <laughs> let's
0: just let's just turn off the podcast unless you want this podcast minutes because this, this
1: podcast if ryan's the only one that's going to speak it's going to turn to that entrapment scene with sean connery just making noises <laughs> oh boy oh. you ride that ladder <laughs> um well, she's off the ladder right and
0: now she's now she's on me my i almost mom. called <laughs> you
1: i almost called you rider <laughs> i'm cool you want to be cool rider i guess after that scene <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? Look at her.
0: I also... You know something? You know something? The choreography, I think, is a lot better in this movie. Because look at her here. I know her character is different to Sandy in the first movie. But look at her choreography as a solo dance number, right? This is just her. Look at her. She's actually dancing and doing shit. Mm. While in, when it's Sandy by herself in the first movie, she's just kind of walking about with her head in the air. And it's, I know that, what's that song of hers in the first one? Sandy's song where she's in Frenchie's backyard. Hopelessly devoted. That got Oscar nominated. Blows my mind, because I think it's the most boring song in the entire musical of Greece. I just don't understand.
1: Every musical has to have the one boring song, really.
0: Oh, yeah. Every one of them has that one song that you go, eh, skip. I love with Rocky Horror the movie decided to edit that song out. Brad has a song of his own that's in the stage musical, and um, in Rocky Horror Picture Show, they just cut it out, but they don't bother editing it properly together. So uh, you've seen Rocky Horror Picture Show, yes? Yes. Yes. There's that sequence in which Janet is going up the elevator and she finds Rocky and then she has sex with Rocky. There's a whole sequence where she's just seen that on the TV screen that Brad's had like sexual intercourse or something with Frankenfurter. It has a bunch of jump cuts of her being like, oh, Brad, why did you do this? Oh, Brad, if only we had friends to help us. Oh my, it's like all these weird cuts and it's like... Were the, they meant to
1: be part of a song?
0: They were meant to be interspliced into his song, but they just edited the song out because it <laughs> sucks. Okay. And then they just left it there and it's the funniest thing in the movie. Like every time I see it, I just cack
1: up laughing because it's so corny. But the whole movie's like that with Brad and Janet. Speaking of things that aren't corny... bomb shelters. Bomb shelter. He's about to notice that this is a neat joint foreshadowing.
0: Yes, but it's not the same bomb shelter that's used later.
1: That's true, but... I, I... Just
0: foreshadowing, bomb shelters are important because this movie sets up communism is a threat, which adds to the world-building of the time period. Because in the first one, it's kind of like... It's weird, because I always said in my brain, Oh yeah, the first one's clearly the 50s. And it is, but it's kind of awkward because John Travolta wears a few clothing items that are very striking to the 70s, like his school dance number with the giant collar. It looks like he's just come off of Saturday Night Fever mm. and he's doing some of his John Travolta disco moves a little bit. Um, and there's just a few things that goes, okay, but when is this? This movie not only shows you when with dates on flags and stuff, Mm. but with the fear of the Russians, they're more obsessed with motorcycles than cars. There's
1: repeated references to the fact that Kennedy is president.
0: Yeah, and also, it's ironic that this film's called Grease because the guys don't use Grease in their hair. They Mm. use hairspray. Yeah. So it doesn't even need to be called Grease anymore.
1: So it was yeah the original title like you said was son of greece
0: son of greece yeah which is a weird name i don't know like i understand why they didn't choose yeah, it but it's, it's kind of like oh bartek's favorite song repeated i love his visual gag he was just like smacking the chalk vigorously into ah oh, he's great why is he drawing that if he's talking about plants do they have the same kind of ovaries
1: I guess we should dissect and the fallopian
0: plants. tubes. He's
1: talking about plants, right? Well, I mean the charts there are plants. Well, yeah, he's talking about pollen.
0: Yeah, he's talking about plants. Also, I didn't remember that. I in... guess it was like a transition. Theme. I didn't remember in both Greece movies that a lot of the kids have Polish last names. <laughs> a lot of skis and stuff here. A lot of very distinct Polish names and Italian names as well. But I, like... I noticed the Italian ones more we just missed a mr s- something rodaraski or some bullshit like in the f- i think her name um stephanie's name is uh last name's polish Yes, i think i can't I remember, remember it at
1: some point i can't remember her last uh, name
0: but, uh but I really thought the sexy, sexy teacher was going to be more prominent, but they just used her... Yeah, uh, because he,
1: well, you got this whole thing of, like, the opening songs of a musical usually, like... Introduce l- us to l- Introduce characters. us the whole cast and, like, the, the beginnings of all the themes and stuff. It's like, oh, I wish we are going to see a lot of you this year, miss. And she's like,
0: if you're lucky. I don't know what
1: that means. Yeah, we weren't lucky, clearly. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a whole subplot
0: of her having sex with one of the T-Birds would that be unusual in Greece too now this well, is right, p- she's not a pink lady this is probably the best song in the movie uh, a lot of people say that. Bartek, are you one of these people that agrees that reproduction
1: is the best song, or do you... Actually, what is your favourite song? Because I like the bowl, bowl, let's rock and roll. Yeah, I, I still haven't really decided, but definitely walking away from the film, I kept just saying to myself, Reproduction, Reproduction, because <laughs> I was just like, this is a bizarre thing. This It goes to that idea that you said, which I completely agreed with when you said it, that the songs in this film don't necessarily advance the plot or anything like that, and I feel like this is this might be the pinnacle of that. Well, that's I, I, and And you, you said something contrary. That's to that, oh, yeah. I'm going
0: to disagree with you. It may not necessarily advance the plot, but it advances the thematic plot. Yeah. So not the narrative plot, but thematic plot. To me, one of the interesting things watching both Greece movies back to back is the ins- is the inherent value of virginity in both of these films. Mm. In my brain I always associated that the T-birds were lady killers, right? They always were getting ladies. But in the first film it's 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 hinted at that Kaniki's a virgin. Mm. Cuz he has a condom that he hasn't he's, he's had since 7th grade, right? Yeah. And he's never used it, right? Yeah. And he's a bit fumbly and all that and you associate that with okay he's and none of the other t-birds had ladies either and and then you go but danny has or has he it's always very vague on whether or not danny zuko's a virgin or not either this film's very obsessed with virginity to this song where you can see certain people in the song you know which ones are virgins and which ones aren't the twins, I don't think of. Uh, I think are, are virgins, right? These three here, but then you have the girls behind them. They're giggling and being very inappropriate. But the one that stands out is Michelle Pfeiffer. She doesn't join in on this song. She's standing at the back, just watching, standing in a defiant pose, and it goes along with her thematic character trait. Like, she's joining in a little bit, but they never really have her be like, this is my prominent moment of the song. She's just like, I'm who I am. It's She is not a trophy. She's not obsessed with this whole virginity thing like the other girls, like the other boys. And it makes you question, is she a virgin? Mm. In this film, everyone's obsessed with their virginity status, except for our two main leads. Maxwell Caulfield's not really obsessed with his virginity. He just wants to have her. He just wants to be with her. He wants not necessarily just to have sex with her, but he just wants her respect. Mm. He wants her respect because she blows him off quite easily at the beginning. The The pink ladies want the respect of the T-Birds, but the T-Birds tea tea birds just want to have sex with them, hence we get a great song later about one of the T-Birds trying to get sex. Uh in the bomb shelter. But uh, this song here I think advances the thematic issues of the film in terms of virginity and and who who it matters to. Yeah. This is really that kind of kind of song like it seems like a silly just goofy song but once you look at the the staging the direction and who's taking part and who's not taking part look Max was not taking part in the song and neither is Michelle Pfeiffer because it doesn't matter to them. As much as it does to
1: everyone else in this, in this school. You know what, Ryan? This film is unappreciated. And
0: it's a masterpiece. And
1: perhaps this might be leading into an idea for why it is unappreciated. Because, as I've said, I've only watched this film once. Mm. And what you just said there makes complete sense. And I think is true. Yeah. But I didn't get that on my first viewing. Maybe it is a film that bears repeat viewing. Yeah. And because you wouldn't really... Well, if you're a fan of Grease and are comparing this film to Grease the whole way through, you might not want to watch it again a second time. So how are you going to see the things that you missed the first time?
0: I think that's just petty behaviour. Uh, here's a great gag here. <laughs> With the periods. and <laughs> Miss McGee is great. I said it already, but this her face... I said to you before we started recording, I, I, part of me wanted Miss McGee to be the singer of um, any song because she never sings a song, mm-hmm. right? She's never in singing a song. She's in songs, but not singing. Yeah. I really wanted her to be the one who sang reproduction as the teacher. Like, I feel like one of the weaknesses is Mr. Stewart is not really that interesting of a character. I kind of was expecting him to have a trait to him, and he's kind of nervous... I guess, is his trait. I felt like it would have been interesting to have Miss McGee step into that classroom with her prim-proper uh, manners. And she's also a nervous character. She gets flustered. She's more a flustered character. It would have been great to see her be prim-proper and take this seriously about pollination and blah, blah, and the kids getting and really out of control and her getting all flustered and getting all like, ooh, bye, ooh, bye, getting us. Or, you know, being a stickler and all of that. I would
1: definitely have liked to see an alternate version where that happens. That would
0: have been great. Also, for some reason, I thought the mechanic guy in this scene was John Candy. Don't know why it's not, but I just thought, why is
1: John Candy in this? It should have been John Candy, then.
0: I really do appreciate that in this movie, and on a level the first movie, took the risks of having basically um, wild cards and no-names be the, the the actors like you know michelle pfeiffer was a wild card selection she had done movies but never a leading role uh john Travolta obviously did saturday night fever around the same time but he wasn't like the biggest huge actor that we know him now i think it's fair to say that Grease is probably the movie that launched him Grease and saturday night fever the two that launched him into the eye that we know him
1: yeah. I, th- I think uh wasn't a trivia point for any of the Grease films but Um, I think he auditioned for the role of Jesus in Jesus Christ Superstar, and when he didn't get that, the casting director was like, you know what, I think I got something else that you could do, and it ended up being Grease. I
0: thought Scientology was going to be your answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of these actors aren't hugely known at the time. These were career definers, and this gets into the sad
1: part. They thought that it was going to be the same for Greece, too.
0: It thought it was going to be the same for Greece, too. And I have a direct quotation here from Maxwell Caulfield, who, um, whose career isn't the greatest in comparison to um, Michelle Pfeiffer's. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer managed to scrape away from this film. Uh, her next film that she worked on was uh, Scarface, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting, very God. iconic film. Uh, she's great in it. I-, I always forget she's in it. Uh, I don't know why. Every time I watch them, I'm like, oh yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, I have the direct quote, which was, you know, Maxwell Caulfield thought he was going to be, you know, this film was going to be his big stepping stone, but it damaged his career. And he has been quoted as saying, before Grease 2 came out, I was being hailed as the next Richard Gere or John Travolta. However, when Grease Two flopped, nobody would touch me. It felt like a bucket of cold water had been thrown in my face. It took me ten years to get over Grease Two, mm. and we only really know him as an actor from Empire Records. Yeah, he played the the best cat, well, the best characters in that. My favorite character, Rex Manning. Yeah, the legendary
1: uh, and. Who you might know from the meme Rex Manning Day, which I didn't realise was well known. The
0: Rex Manning Day, yeah. So, it was a film, this film was a gamble for a lot of people. It, 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 made and, uh, it made some people and it broke some people. Which is sad, because I think it's unfair. I feel sorry for Maxwell Caulfield. Like, um, I've looked into him, he is a bit of a wanker. But um, I do feel sorry for him, because I think he does a good job. Is he American? No, he's English. Okay, English. Uh, He does a great job in this. I just think sometimes with a sequel to a very iconic thing, fans want more of the same, but they resent it when they get it as well. So you kind of can't get anything. And this film, I feel, tries to appease the fans, but also challenges Greece. Maxwell Caulfield isn't really Sandy, and he really isn't. Danny. He's yeah. his own character. I think a better developed character than, than Sandy or Danny. Uh, well, better than Sandy, for sure. He's
1: trying to change himself, and it kind of feels like he's doing it partly for himself, too. Yes, it's... Yeah.
0: And I I feel sorry for him, Maxwell. I do. I, I think this is an unfair movie to have the rest of his career, or at least a a great portion of his career ruined by. Uh it's really upsetting, you know. It's it's a bummer. Michelle got away fine from it in the end. You know, we know her. She's an Oscar nominated actress. She's in every she's just wonderful. She's the best. Yeah. She's one of those actresses yeah. that Th- Didn't they both hate this film? They both hated this film. I do yeah. believe. And uh, each other, I think. Oh, they hated each other for sure. He claimed that they had an infla- like a great relationship and she said no, he's self-adoring and I don't like him. <laughs> Um I do love that the, the that in the first movie the T-Birds were the most respected group in the whole town. Mm. The scorpions feared them. They wanted to challenge them but they feared them. But in this movie the T-Birds are so lame that they have to pick on three nerds.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're spying on three guys in a men's change room.
0: Yeah. But I like they're fearful because they know that these guys will beat them
1: in the talent mm. show. Yeah, these three drama students, I believe they are. Yeah, drama or at least music students. They're us, Ryan. Well, not the music part.
0: Well, there's three of them. So, more than us. Well,
1: you're tall and I'm... Short? No.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> I um,
1: weigh more. Yeah, okay. So, if you add your height and my extra weight, then we'll get a third person. There we go. Um.
0: Yeah, it's Obama that this destroyed people's careers. Uh, the director hasn't gone on to direct any more feature films, which is a bummer.
1: Mm. Do they choreograph more things? I
0: think so, but... It's a bummer. Uh, we're back at the Bolarama. Remember her? She's back again. And it oh. says so, so leader of evil bike gang. See, he's evil because he was sh- in red. That's called mise-en-scene. Um,
1: you can't blame him for that. The Bolarama chose to have a red sign. He
0: chose it to give the... Imagery of evil Look. onto his crater face.
1: Michelle Pfeiffer's not wearing pink.
0: No, she wears red.
1: <laughs> so she's evil. No, she's the leader of the pack. Look, that girl had half a red shirt. That means she's half evil.
0: No, half leader of the pack. <laughs> half virtuous, because white's
1: virtue. Look, he multiplied.
0: That's also what I like. The gang in um, the T-Birds they only have four, right, in this one. I think in the original they had four or five.
1: I think there were also four. Okay.
0: In this, they get to be five at the end. But I like that the rival gang is an army.
1: <laughs> Wait, no, I think there were five. Yes. Because I... Kaniki's not, like, part of the three generic-y ones, is he? No. Yeah.
0: Kaniki's his own dude. Um, so, this one, they gain the five. Uh, The rival gang has, like, 12 dudes. In the original one, they had the same amount of dudes. I like the fact that it's also showing visually from this that the T-Birds are less relevant and powerful than they were in yesteryear. By looking at this gang, they're bigger, meaner, more powerful. Still using bikes. Still using bikes, that's true. Wait, no, did they use bikes in the first one? Yes, they did.
1: Oh, so I thought I was wrong, but I wasn't. They
0: had a car for the
1: race, but they were... Didn't they have a car in the first scene they are in? Like, there's the scorpions.
0: Um, they had a car definitely when um they rammed Kanicki's car at the makeout point. That's a you're in a no parking area. This is all a no parking area. Um, Goose is great in this. Goose is the best of the T-birds other than Johnny. Hmm. I remember his name from the beginning. They say it a lot. He's Goose. I like he even has it on his assignment. Goose. And the teacher's like, oh, it's Goose. It's
1: just it's meant to be his last name, right? I don't know. They just call him the Goose for most of it, right? I thought it was his last name. Terry Goose? I don't know what his first name
0: is. He looks like a Terry. Terry. It's, a, it's the 60s, man. Come on. They can be called Terry if they want. Now, here's a classic song. Who's oh, that guy? Do you, want
1: it, do you want it to be Terry because his last name isn't an E name? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they all have... Well, this movie doesn't follow the E principle. As hard as the yeah. first film. I mean, we've got Stephanie,
1: Frenchie. Well, Frenchie's a returner. Yeah, so, but uh, I'm
0: yeah. listing characters with ease in their name. And this, and Miss McGee. But then you got Michael.
1: <laughs> well, he's from another country.
0: So is Sandy. <laughs> Holy shit! Which, by the way, I love. How... He's from a country that doesn't begin with the letter A. Oh, well, that's different. <laughs> Completely. A United Kingdom, maybe. <laughs>
1: A United Kingdom. Well, it is a United Kingdom. I mean, it has, you know, all those countries like Ireland. So, Craterface went on to do some other interesting pieces of work.
0: He was in the TV series Moonlighting for a bit, which was uh, the vehicle that kind of helped Bruce Willis. It was his TV show where he was a detective. Very weird show, that one, Moonlighting. There's a whole episode in which it's like, following the other sperm that made it instead of bruce willis and they have jerry doyle who's an actor who when he was around uh looked exactly like a bruce like bruce willis so they had a whole episode of moonlighting following him in the alternative universe where that sperm made it instead of bruce willis's sperm in life and it's just like that's the only difference everything else is the same he he was in moonlighting crater face uh Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. He died from AIDS, of all things. Um,
1: well, he wanted aid, but he didn't get it.
0: <laughs> he heard that Greece was the word, and he just couldn't handle it anymore. No <laughs> um, now, Barzek, this is this is very important to ask. Which T bird do you think you are uh... in this
1: movie? To be honest, I don't remember much about the ones on
0: the right there. How could you not remember? One of them tries to have sex with a girl in a bunker. Am
1: I going crazy? I, I'm talking about I don't remember the one on the right, not the left. Oh, okay. Oh. That's okay, then. The one on the left I remember very... And very the one on him. the right, he helps the guy try and have sex in a bunker. Yeah, does he do any? Does he do anything of notes? What do you mean? He tries to help.
0: Yeah, well, otherwise
1: other, like something that would stand uh, out to him i think he
0: was the instigator of the silhouette dance sequence
1: <laughs> i guess there's that uh which one am i um oh no no okay he's he's he gets with um the girl uh um wow he's defined no, no, by no, his no, woman sh-
0: the little girl the one that had the car crash in real life. What was her name again? Dolores. Dolores. He gets with her at the end when she's like, sorry, I can't be with you. I found my own man. And in the background, you see her French and with him.
1: That's cute.
0: So you could be the one who's a pedophile. (laughs) The (laughs) one who's (laughs) an attempted rapist. Goose. Or Johnny, the attempted
1: murderer. I was about to say, I, was I love Goose. Goose is the only yeah. one that gets
0: off scot Clean But really, Goose is um in con- He's he's joint with the attempted rape because he's the one that has the siren blare sound. Yeah, there's an yeah. We'll get to the attempted rape later when it comes up. It's a very I feel divisive like, thing. I feel in movie. like of
1: the group, Goose would be the one that's most likely to be on a podcast. So
0: Goose is the actor that's. I recognise the most. Uh, He's been in just... He's just one of those character actors that's in every... He's just in a ton of things. You know, he's just in lots. You just go, oh, that guy. Yeah, I've seen him before.
1: And Ryan, since you're a patriot, you'd be the bunker guy, right? Obviously. Yeah.
0: Obviously, Bartek. You know, I'm a patriot.
1: I'm bunker guy.
0: (laughs) I would be Johnny. (laughs) Ah, the sexist. I've got anger, man. Mm. I own things. If... Bartek, if you're a pink lady and you're not in the group, give me that jacket back, because I've got a rep to protect. My green shirt? Give it (laughs) here. Don't cry,
1: baby. Zanoni, that's not polish.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Is this the last time we see Frenchie? Um,
1: I think, maybe?
0: Remember when Frenchie dyed her hair pink in the first movie? It's okay, this film reminds you. It's continuity, Ryan. It's called continuity. Previously on Greece,
1: <laughs> would you watch Greece as a TV series? I mean, not, not uh, as a replacement for the movie, I guess. No, we're
0: replacing. There is no movie, only TV series Greece.
1: I don't watch much TV, so that's the problem. Well, but if I, it will motivate you, won't it? Yeah, I guess so. There you go. I mean, I wouldn't be motivated, considering there wouldn't be a Grease in the world to be a fan of, so... There you go. No, there I don't go, then. There you don't go.
0: Uh, Now, which pink lady are you? Are you Michelle Pfeiffer, who loves cool riders? Are you chick who wants nose job? Are you chick who wants Johnny, or other girl? You said you're Johnny, right?
1: I'm Johnny. Maybe I'll be girl who wants Johnny.
0: Oh, you don't want to be other girl? You remember other
1: girl yeah, she's a bit too other
0: you don't want to be girl who wants nose job no i'm
1: fine with my nose you sure i can sniff
0: <laughs> what about yeah she's girl who smokes and sniffs chemicals evidently <laughs> that's what she's doing in this whole sequence i'm not
1: a big fan of sniffing chemicals
0: Are you sure she looks like sigourney weave i love this just sorry the print i actually thought like before i realized what the scene was i thought Jeez, I, I hope that the gag is they keep coming back to the assisted principal chick and she's just got more crazy instruments to play and gadgets to use. Because in the first movie, she has a xylophone that's only got four hmm. things on. In this one, she's got like a full xylophone and she's doing all of all of it. And, 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 and Miss McGee's just like... Ugh. I really would have loved it if at the end she's got like a piano organ and she's like... Doo, 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 doo. And then by the end, the end credits roll, you hear... Um, you hear her playing the xylophone over the end credits and just Miss McGee being like, that would have been
1: great. Or if it was edgy, she'd have a assault rifle and she'd shoot every bullet. No,
0: no, no, no. Even better,
1: dubstep. She invented it. <laughs> 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 Did you know that? She invented dubstep. You know, when we started doing the podcast, I never thought that we'd have a conversation where the, vice, the principal's assistant would be d- d- creating dubstep.
0: Now I'm I glad. I didn't think that when we did the podcast that we'd have so many movies with um questionable scenes that are probably rape or attempted rape that no one ever talks about. We're entering that scene right now. This is the scene in which um the guy brings the oh 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 Bart, the other pink lady is one who gets almost raped. Sorry, she's not just other girls. she's one who gets almost raped in the bunker. This sequence here. This sequence here is um, rough, but amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think this is the pinnacle of the movie. <laughs> for amazement value, this song is one of my favorites.
0: This song has the guts to say, what happens if one of the T-Birds, T-Birds were so eager for sex that, they, misle- that they-, they-, they led a woman down to a nuclear bunker? Exploit at- the...
1: The era, I guess.
0: I, yeah, and um, get his friends to make bomb noises and air raid sounds out front and uh, try to have sex with her in the bunker, thinking that the world's going to end. But not only because the world's going to end. Phrase it as if it's a patriotic act to have sex with him, and she interjects by asking about her mum. And... She even says, no, get off of me, and she tries to get out, and the scene ends with her so patriotic that she will run out to a nuclear blast to try and save America, rather than <laughs> to have sex with him. <laughs> this song is called Do It For Our Country. Yes. To give the audience a bit of an... He's got a gun, might I add in this sequence. Yeah, the sequence. Shot- he's a literal shotgun. <laughs> This will be the thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, with him with a gun and her afraid in a bunker. What is this, 10 Cloverfield Lane? Um, so I have some lyrics here to give the audience an idea of the quality of song. This is the song Do It For Our Country. Again, we mentioned the innuendos. Do it for our country. Country, get it? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. So some lyrics include... America is calling, let's care enough to give our very best, for if we give our very best, I know that we will more than pass the test. If I could have three wishes, I'd wish that you'd live free. I'd wish for amber waves of grain from sea to shining sea. Yeah, let's do it for our country, the red, white, and blue. It's Uncle Sam who's asking, so your mother will approve of his attempted rape. Um, some other great moments of the song, uh, and this is, this is just him speaking, because this is one of those songs where it breaks up into spoken word. Just think about it. It would be like as if we were doing it for the Statue of Liberty, or the Grand Canyon, or the New York Yankees. It would be like as if we were doing it for Disneyland. Bartek, would you have sex with me if I said that?
1: I did say that I'd want you if you were Johnny. But I'm not Johnny, I'm... So that's the only single reason why I have to answer Okay, can I
0: change the situation? If I trapped you in a nuclear bunker and you thought the world was devastated outside and I said that to you, would
1: you have sex with me? Well, it's better that you persuaded me than just raped me, so that's fine. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> also, Ryan, there's a thing that I have to mention about this, this sequence.
0: You masturbated to it. It's okay.
1: I don't have to mention that. Um, <laughs> so normally I find YouTube comments for the podcasts just for the end of the episodes. Um, this It was not possible for this one. The trailers mm. are just barren. But after I did watch the movie, a few hours later, I did go to the specific upload of that song just to listen to it again. <laughs> and that one had comments. Good. And there was one sentiment that kept getting repeated in the comments which was there's a part in the song where he gets down on his knees he's and he says some line like i'm gonna win the war and i'm gonna win it for you while saluting her or yep. like, looking up at her people thought he was adorable <laughs> doing that people loved him for that one moment uh, yeah. They thought he was adorable. I think it's adorable that Maxwell Caulfield wore wore no shirt
0: underneath his leather jacket.
1: He's <laughs> he's wearing a shirt there, isn't he?
0: No, that's his chest, buddy. Are you sure? Yeah. See, that's how his that's his chest there. He's not wearing he's, a shirt. His, his
1: neck just looked a bit weird. That's. Are all. you calling
0: Ray, uh, Rex Manning weird necked? Well, doesn't he'll fight you over that? Dozen years younger, Rex Manning. Oh, so. Younger him at a fucked up neck. Give me a dozen less punches. See, look. No shirt. His neck looks like... He's wearing no shirt. Oh, okay. So that's going to be of order there. So apparently this is actually Michelle Pfeiffer Um, on this. Like, she she yeah. goes around to the front and, and the stunt driver guy's like, she's just so great.
1: Yeah, stunt driver
0: was having a lot of fun, clearly. I would too. <laughs> but I love the way he's like, the stunt driver's like, she was just great. I'm like she is great. Michelle Pfeiffer is so great that Bruno Mars just has her as a line in a in in a, um in songs. You know, you know Michelle Pfeiffer that white gold. And Michelle Pfeiffer that was like the third song she was referenced in in 2015. It's like what's happening with Michelle Pfeiffer in pop culture? Why all these musicians are like I have got reference to reference her in songs? Why? <laughs> it's not like she's doing anything particularly grand right now. But maybe it's because they grew up watching her. And they're like, I got my first bono watching her. I better put that in my song. <laughs> um, Yeah. Uptown Funk You Up. Uptown Funk You Up. That's great songwriting from Mark Ronson there. Are you trying
1: to add sexual lyrics to this show now?
0: No. That's actually one of the few sexual lyrics from that song. I love in Uptown Funk where it's like, he's so hot, a dragon wants to retire, man. What does that mean? He's so hot, a dragon needs to now retire.
1: Well, heat is like a penis for a dragon.
0: You're right. Breaks, tune-ups. Now, Bartek, if I was...
1: Reading stuff on the podcast, yes.
0: Oh, sorry, I was reading my tune and (laughs) break-ups. Look, see, no shirt is uh, just leather jacketed. It. Well, it's,
1: it's not a shirt. That's, that's her
0: face. You're right. Face, yeah. um, if I was the Cool Rider and you were Michelle Pfeiffer... You
1: just and want we... me to fuck you, don't you? Hold on. <laughs> they don't fuck idiot. They just kiss. Yeah, but you keep trying to make me attracted to you.
0: Okay, fine. If you were Cool Rider and I was Michelle Pfeiffer... I'd still,
1: still want to... Like, what Do you want? Do you want to
0: give me a change of pace
1: or do you want to give me a break? I want to fuck you, now tell me what you want to say. Okay,
0: if I was Cool Rider and I wore goggles, would you be able to know it was me? Or would the goggles be too much for you to know?
1: Ryan, it wouldn't even cross my mind that you could be you. Why not? Because they're goggles? Ah. They don't do nothing, what are you talking about? They are better than Clark Kent's glasses. (laughs) Also, you're wearing a helmet, I assume? That will help. Yeah,
0: well, that helps too, but goggles are pretty important to the equation because if I took them off, you'd be able to see my eyes. That's why she, the, the girl that likes Johnny's wearing sunglasses at night. Now, in her defense, she's on a motorcycle, so she wants to keep that wind out of her eyeballs. Mm. Now, Bartek, have you ever owned a motorcycle? No, I Have, have you ever been on a motorcycle?
1: Have I... Um, if I I have, if I have, I don't think it was operating.
0: okay. So you just sat on it.
1: Maybe. That's like the best that I could possibly say could have happened.
0: I've been on motorcycles. I haven't driven them myself. I've just been on them. They're fun.
1: I love the fact. You're riding bitch seat.
0: Yeah, sure.
1: All right. Uh, Yep, that's it. That's the term. If you, if you watch Wild Hogs, you'd know this.
0: I wasn't on the Wild Hogs episode. But you listened to it. I did, and this. I explain it. He did explain it, but not in the Greece universe. They don't call it the bitch seat there. They call it the pink ladies' seat, and you, 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 respect that because they're the pink ladies. They can only date T-birds, apparently.
1: But this they, generation, this yeah.
0: generation. Hey, you know what blows my mind? These characters were around for Greece one.
1: Yeah, they would have been.
0: They're at the same school, so they would have been juniors, right? Uh, they
1: would have been... This, this is the, like two, three is, years later. This is the weird thing. If it's a <gasps> high school, there are three years, right? Yeah? Yeah, so... they And they have four names for... They've got, like, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Mm. So would they have been sophomores or freshmen if it was their first year?
0: Americans, you tell us. Um... But they would have been around, and they would have known Danny, and they would have known Sandy, and they would have been like, hey, you know, our problems are pretty tough, but they know Danny. (laughs) I mean, remember Danny? Yeah, last time I saw him, he literally flew off in a car.
1: Everything that we have going on right now is minimal. They, they never bring up the fact that, you know, that could have just happened literally, or that could have been a dream, or, or you know, fantastical thing.
0: Now, this is our second musical we've done on the show. Mm-hmm. Our first was Annie. Yep. From 2014, with uh, Jamie Foxx and A Wallace. Wallace. You know, Black Annie, Blanny. Um, we've done a musical before, and I've asked this back then, I'm going to ask it again now. Um... Do you think it's easier to get away with things if you do it as a musical, or harder?
1: You mean in terms of things that literally happen, or things that are just stylistic? Uh,
0: like or? I was thinking literally happen, like plot, progression, arcs, characters. Do you think it's easier or harder for if you do it in the format of a musical because for me i always thought it's easier because they seem less complicated less less uh but then you do see some musicals like rocky horror like little Shepper horrors like grease 2 in which i go no i reckon it's actually harder you have to be able to convey all of these things not just through the dialogue and through the story but through the music as well because although we said this music doesn't um, like Grease 1 uh, propel the story narrative wise forward with, e- with each song I think a lot of these song songs uh, propel the thematic are we talking about
1: getting away with things or conveying things
0: getting away and conveying why not so you know like how in a musical it's like you it could be easy for them to get away with having sloppy
1: character arcs because ah it's a musical oh getting away with uh, you mean, like, other downsides? Yeah, other downsides. Oh, I thought you meant with, like, stylistic choices. Like, oh, they're singing and no one's telling them to shut up. They're getting away with that because it's oh, a no. musical.
0: No, no, no. I mean, there are some musicals that do that. Oh, okay, uh, I see. So, no, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, other things. No, okay, like, that makes more sense. Not fourth wall, but, okay, like, you yeah. know, like, do you think with a musical it's easier to do stories? Because you don't have to work on character arcs and... And development and story progression in the way that you would in a three-act structure of a plain narrative.
1: Well, you do, but the challenge there is that you have to make the songs kind of have a point. As in, like, do Mm. do you want a song to progress, uh, you know, whatever you're trying to develop? Or do you just want it to emphasize something? Like, I feel like I, I watch a lot of Bollywood films... And it feels like with them, they focus more on the emphasis aspect, but also their films are very long, so they don't have to... They're
0: like four hours long, yeah.
1: Four is really stretching it. Two and a half being a more average is more...
0: Oh, so just a normal Hollywood movie length now?
1: (laughs) Two and a half to three hours is not too unusual, I guess. Um, But yes, uh, definitely... they just got to know what they're doing... They just gotta have their know what their intentions are, and just just plan really. Planning is key.
0: Yeah, planning is key, and I feel like this movie does it. Like you know, like you were saying before, it doesn't seem like the songs necessarily propel things forward, but I think it's one of these ones where it makes you think about it. It's like. Not every musical has to have the songs propel the, the narrative forward, because a lot of musicals and movies and things, plot isn't key to the story. You know, not every musical has to make it that the plot is important. It's okay that you don't have a plot. But you have to have a thematic plot, where you have some themes, some issues that you want to explore, perhaps. Yeah. I feel that like Grease has always been more interested in those, both of them. Hence, I don't like Grease 1, because I don't like what it's exploring and how it explores it.
1: I just think it's very dated. Well, I was reading somewhere, I can't remember where, that one of the big things that the people that made the Grease films wanted to explore was the whole classism thing. Like, the Mm -hmm. characters that aren't, you know, the Greases or the Pink Ladies tend to be seen as, like, the upper class, and they have to learn to get along with, like, the lower class, which is represented by all the, the, you know, the Greases and the T-Birds, because, like, the Greases movement in real life was, like, a spawned from the post-war boom where things were... I've
0: heard this too, but my problem is, having watched the movie, everyone... Every single person... Really like,
1: thinks they're cool or whatever, yeah. ...are
0: incredibly nice to them... Yeah. ...and like them. And they are not that nice back to them. It's not like the Greases or the Pink Ladies are incredibly rude to everyone either. So I want to believe that. I feel like it does it better in this movie. Where they have a few more scrapes to go against, like, you know... ...within each other, though. Like, the Pink Ladies are fighting the T-Birds. That's... And fighting each other and themselves... Uh, I want to go with that classism, but it's not really there in Greece one, and as it is in Greece two, she just shoved that burger right on his mouth, and he looks so annoyed. Good on you, Michelle. Um, this I personally think you know for a very long time. I I, I you know I I had my nose in the air, being like, you know, I reckon you know musicals. Get away with a lot more things you know you don't have to have well-developed characters or it's easier it seems in musicals to have caricatures than characters mm. but as i grow up and as i view them more and as i appreciate them and i appreciate them more i learn more about no that's not necessarily true like you look at something like rocky horror the characters are just off the chain in that like and it's because they are supposed to be caricatures but they become real people like Brad and Janet I'm Brad and I'm Janet and am I and by the end of the thing they actually become real people. Mm. They don't choose that that is forced upon them to become real people by monsters and I think that's kind of interesting. I think musicals allow you to explore these kind of ideas that you could in traditional storytelling in very interesting different ways. Not every musical has to be Hamilton or something where it's an opera, basically, where every song, everything is propelled by song. You do have musicals that are like this that do have dialogue driven sequences. They're more the musicals for me, I will be honest. Look, they're writing for real. It looks better than the original movie. <laughs> like, they actually look like they're outside in comparison to the original. Um, hey, do you remember in the original, they uh, blur out a, a, a poster in the uh, cafe or the soda pop bar because it's an advertisement for Coca-Cola. And the movie was uh, sponsored by... Uh,
1: I noticed that this one's Pepsi. Pepsi.
0: The original was sponsored by Pepsi and Sandy stands up in front of the poster and has this awkward <laughs> green screeny halo effect. It's pretty great. I can't say I remember that, no. It's no. pretty great. She's on the date with um Oh that other guy. Donahue. Mayhu, Donahue, I can't remember the She was dating some jock, right? Yeah, he's the yeah. son of um the coach.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Troy Troy Donahue. I know what he wants to do, which is one of the best lyrics that Rizzo gets in the entire musical um yeah this is where it all culminates she finally tells Johnny to shove it basically but not in a not in a very like aggressive way like he's really digging it for himself like he's come there to be like that's it I'm declaring it over and she's like okay cool I'm done like whatever and he's all like give me the pink jacket and you know what she doesn't she doesn't give it to him she doesn't she doesn't get in a tiff and like throw it off onto the ground or anything she just kind of goes "I'm done and just keeps walking strong female character well wish we had
1: that in greece one we uh you could also say that it's kind of like a weak not not weak male character but the male character is a weak person oh johnny yes
0: yes he's weak he's very weak yes but that's by design, at least. I don't think in Greece yeah, 1 meant, they're yeah, by design. I think that you're supposed to look at them and be like, uh, you know, that whole musical question I asked, I uh, Greece is one of the reasons, the, r- the original Grease is the reason I turn my nose up at musicals a little bit when it comes to things, because I just think it cuts so many corners and takes the easy way out and doesn't really develop many things and, and kind of asks you to suspend your disbelief in ways that I just cannot... It is a musical I truly, truly despise, and I thought, "Mm, I'll watch it again, and I'll like it. I didn't, but it gave me a higher appreciation for Grease 2, because Grease 2 really is a dissection of the first one. It's saying, hey, the T-Birds are actually assholes. They're the villains, not the Scorpions or the other
1: school gang or society that's that's the antagonists. antagonists yeah
0: they're the antagonists because in the first film they are the antagonists but it's never really an issue because they're the reasons why danny acts like an idiot yeah but he never confronts them he never changes he does because he joins the track team and he wears a white jacket at the end and they make fun of him for wearing the white jacket at the end and then as soon as she comes in He throws the white jacket away as soon as he sees that she changed for him. That's just terrible. Like, this movie actually says, No, 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 those T-Birds, they're assholes. These ones are pathetic assholes. That's the difference. They're pathetic in this one. In the first one, they're cool. And that's just because that's how the film frames them. I always see them as the true antagonists of the film. This one, they actually are. There's no doubt about it. They're the bad guys. (laughs)
1: They are, but in th- whereas the difference, I think, is that in the first one, we see the the non-John Travolta ones as being the antagonist, whereas in this one, his equivalent sort of is the antagonist, because he's the most outspoken, the most yeah. passionate one, yeah. Yeah. Which is a different, interesting little difference.
0: Yeah, well, it's because eventually, Cool Rider here becomes the John Travolta of the group. He becomes their leader, I reckon, after this. I wouldn't go that far, but he, uh, he definitely... I reckon. I, I think Johnny gives in at the end. I think he's like, you know what? Because I thought Johnny, when he was giving him the jacket or whatever, when he was like, Jacket! I thought that wasn't going to go down the way it did at the end. I didn't think he was going to be so, like, like easy to turn around and be like, you know what? You're in the group. That did
1: surprise me, yeah.
0: And I think that was a character growth of him. I, I personally believe that Johnny, after this movie events steps down as the big ringleader of the group, because they also respect um, the T-Birds, they they have an honor system of respect and power and in Cool Rider he has it because he's the best rider he's the most popular guy now, he's the most respected I think that they, by default, they would make him leader.
1: If we are talking about our little fan theories, I would think that Michael, unlike, you know, in the first film where the message eventually did lead to changing yourself... I feel like Michael's more true to himself. Like, he loses his accent at the end, which that, I felt, was a bit eh. Too much. Yeah, maybe. too much. But I feel like his characterization, the character that he is, you know, the straight-A student, good guy, yeah. I, feel, I feel like that would shine through and he wouldn't really want to take up a sort of leader role. I don't know. I think it, he would, but I don't think he
0: would be in the leader the way Johnny was. I think he would be a good leader. Because he's very passionate and he's very driven, and he knows exactly what he wants, when he wants it, and how to get it throughout the movie, with the help from people. I think, in my like, like we said, fan theories, we don't have Grease three to go off of, but I personally think that he would, he would go on to be a great leader in the uh, Grease world.
1: If he, you know, if he did become the leader, yeah, I reckon he would be great. I just disagree that he would become the leader. But that's okay, because we can disagree. We can discuss. We can love each other. Because I have to love Ryan, apparently, this episode. You want to fuck me. doesn't mean you love me. Oh, no. I reckon I'd have love for you if I fucked you. Hate fucks exist, man. I don't want to hate fuck you. What the okay, fuck that's... are you talking about, you hateful bastard? You're
0: right. Soz.
1: Soz. 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 Soz.
0: Soz. Uh, can I say soz one more time? Just because I'm soz? I guess, yeah. Soz.
1: Um, want some sausage with that bread?
0: No, thanks. So, Michelle Five is banging in this. And this is eventually leading up to the aforementioned uh, dark mo- dark moment in the film. You thought the oh. attempted rape in the bunker was it, didn't you guys? Wrong. It's the murder. <laughs>
1: Well, some people would argue that rape is worse than murder, but, you know, I don't know.
0: I think the film addresses the attempted murder as a more negative thing than the attempted rape, because uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character responds, Hmm. and she's our main character.
1: Is it really framed as a murder? Uh, They drive
0: him off of the road. They're chasing him. Yeah, but it's their fault. It would be manslaughter, not necessarily murder. I would say if you had to go to a court, but it
1: is well manslaughter an yeah, you know, is an accident. Yeah, they didn't. It's an accidental
0: kill. Um, because what happens if you haven't familiar is, the T birds chase uh, Michael Cool Rider, and he they, they chase him to dead man's He gets chased to dead man's Uh, oh, it was a curve cove. Uh, whatever curve or whatever, and uh, he he as he is right now slamming through, and he drives off into the canyon of death, it's impossible that anyone could make that leap right, and I personally think that it is uh, a manslaughter at least, because they're the ones who chased him to that point and they start reacting like those kind of people who accidentally murdered someone, where it's like I I figured he would have slowed down, oh my and they kind of tell themselves this narrative of, well I can't see him down there, in the pitch black pit I can't see him down there He's fine. But Michelle Pfeiffer, and this is why it's important, she thinks he's dead. Yeah, And that's why I take it as they killed him, or, like, mm. he lives, spoiler, but it is an act of violence on their part because what were they going to do? They were going to hurt him.
1: That, that much, definitely, yeah.
0: And they chased him to a situation that led to his possible death. For her, it is a certainty of death. For them, I feel like with their acting, you could look at it dialogue-wise and go, oh, they think he's fine. But I think with their acting, they're telling themselves this masculine bravado, kind of like, no, nah, he's fine, he's fine. He, we can't see him down there now. Nah. He's fine, he's fine, he's fine. He's got to be fine. Because they're the kind of guys, I honestly think it would have been interesting if the film took more of a... Uh, delve down this road in which they murdered him or they think they murdered him and have to kind of deal with it a little bit more, but it's near the end of the movie, so it's kinda of hard for them to do that. But I think it's an interesting dark twist to Greece to introduce the concept of death.
1: The key thing that I would respond to you there is that you mentioned their acting.
0: Mm.
1: Michelle Pfeiffer, I don't think at any point she acts like they're the ones responsible. No, no, no. She acts what... like it's her fault. Which is more what I was gleaming from, it. also I was looking kind of at the legal definition of manslaughter.
0: Yeah. She thinks it's her fault. Mm. Because Cool Rider wants her, and they want her. So if it wasn't for her, this wouldn't have happened. That's her kind of mentality as an individual. Uh, That's what I believe. But in terms of the actions, they chased her. They're fueled with rage, anger. They're going to do violence against him. That's a certainty.
1: But they're not going to murder him.
0: If they no, they're not him. going to murder him. That's but the like, thing, yeah. But they do, on a level, like, obviously he lives, but he does get killed. Like, like they think he's killed. Yeah, they do. It's manslaughter, but it's easy for you to say they, they, they murdered him on a loose level because... They were going to cause him harm, and then he dies, not really, but dies, trying to escape their harm. It's manslaughter, definitely, but, you know, it's, you know... I don't think
1: that counts as manslaughter. What is it, then? It's them chasing him, and he dies. Yeah,
0: but it's because they put in a situation in which he was... But he didn't
1: have to go to that spot. He was in front. Yes, but they cornered him into this position... But he could have gone anywhere else. Could he have? Well, he was in front. They were chasing yeah, him. They the, weren't leaving him But the him geography
0: anywhere. of it is that one
1: road. It's but they're in like the middle of a town. Yeah, but so we don't know and... that
0: necessarily the geography. But it's still, that I still don't think that necessarily matters when he's being
1: chased by a whole motorcycle gang. Well, to be fair, it's three motorcycles. Yeah, but it's still four. Well, no, one of them's in like a passenger thing.
0: Oh yeah, one of them can't drive. Yeah. But they're also, and the pink ladies are chasing as well. Well, they're following. Yeah, but they're following. Unfair. But but like, I just don't know if it's the legalities of manslaughter. But I still think it is a morally.
1: They definitely have an element of responsibility for. Them. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I just don't think man should think, go as far as manslaughter. I
0: think they would get some kind of um, ramification legally. Uh,
1: they there was an intent for assault. I I assume that would be yes. a charge of some sort.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. But what I'm saying is, I—that's not really the whole point. The whole it point is the—they yeah. introduce a very dark yeah. concept, which is death, harm, which is very unique for Greece, because Greece is um,
1: light and fluffy. There wasn't really well, any threat of death at all in the first film. Greece is. If light. anything, there was a threat of a birth.
0: Yeah. Grease is very light and fluffy, even though it's overly sexual in both of them. Mm. Uh, it's got a lot of sexual nature to them. It's, it's light and fluffy. Kids can watch it. But this one introduces it and it it follows through on a level because I take her sequence where she sings mm. at the talent show as her having a, 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 a mental breakdown.
1: Yeah. this is. A, she just... sees
0: a dead version of him like an angel like yeah. version of him and it's it's terrifying. Like
1: I'll be honest, I did not for a single second believe that he was dead. No, neither but did I. when that s- sequence happened, I'm like, it would be really interesting if he actually was dead. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. And that song that song, you know,
0: that she has the winter song I want to call it. I don't know the names of all the songs. I that's a good name. She <laughs> Sorry, Eugene. Um she it's very similar you know, obviously we have to compare the two to um beauty school dropout in terms of the white imagery, someone singing to her. Definitely not. Yeah. Because she starts non naturalistic, it's very surreal, angelic, because the singer Frankie Avalon in uh in Greece singing beauty school dropout he's he's credited as the angel or angel.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh so it kind of works well if you've seen the first one and you kind of go, oh, okay, they do have an angelic thing, a heavenly equality, a divine intervention thing. So it's kind of interesting that they echo that in this one. But it's her, but they keep cutting back to the real world reactions of the teachers and the her friends being worried about her, not knowing what's happening with her. So it's kind of like really fucked up. It's like if you had Beauty School Dropout and just kept cutting to the woman who owned the cafe and looking at Frenchie just looking up and drooling, like, mm. it's really
1: dark. Yeah. But no, but wait, Ryan, you're forgetting something though. It's what? just Grease, too. It's a shit film. It doesn't matter. I love
0: her hat with the baseball and how it moves. <laughs> Isn't that the greatest? I, I
1: didn't notice that the first line through.
0: Look at that. That is so good. Yeah. Good on you, cost- again! Costume design. Can we give him a round of applause? Whoever it was. Yeah, can we get one of those hats? <laughs> I want to wear it to my wedding. That would be great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best. You are a great catch, says the wife. That would be fantastic. Actually,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Um,
1: you, sorry, you have to throw the well throw the bouquet in the air. They hit it with a baseball bat.
0: Sorry, I'm just looking
1: at her as as
0: as autumn or fall and. She's just got, like, a pink tree, or, like, a purple tree outfit going on. It's so, oh, yeah. It's so great. It's, this is such a great sequence. I prefer this way more to the uh, school dance, televised dance, in the first movie with, oh, her belly dancing as the coin or whatever it is, or whatever the heck that is. Oh, that's face. her shirt. Yeah,
1: that's her shirt, and she's belly dancing fir- and yeah. moving. So oh that's really cool. When I watched so that a- yeah, when I watched that yesterday, I'm like, what the hell is that material? That's <sighs> like is that some kind of like weird like round thing? But that's her shirt. Look at this shot, man. Yeah.
0: Her face, the lighting, the snow effects. It's and we know when watching it without sound with subtitles, we know how the sounds even We've you've only watched it once last night, I imagine. Yeah, when we got, know um, the sounds draining out, and it's draining into something else. Even just through visuals alone, like that's what I love about film. You can tell what the sounds going to be like even without it.
1: And also sometimes it's great. And also there's the whole contrast of we just had a bunch of like wide, not wide, um, long, long distance shots. Yeah, yeah. White shots. What's the term? White shots. It is white shots. White shots. Um, And then suddenly we're getting this zoom in close up. It's like, this Mm. is different. This is, the the focus is clearly not on the whole four seasons thing. Everyone working together. This is all on her. So obviously there's a change happening.
0: She's, look, and that's a surreal moment where the star flies off into the audience. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great shot. That's a great shot. This is all great shots. Like, this is where the film really took it to an art form, I reckon. This whole song sequence is when it's like, let's make this art. This is just great. Michelle Fyfe is acting her heart out. And good on her, because this is her first leading role. Um, she should act her heart out. And she has continued to be one of those actresses that have acted their hearts out in every project, I believe. You know, there's some movies that she's been in that aren't the greatest, but I've always found that she's always trying in those movies. Uh, You know Michelle Pfeiffer from many movies? She was Catwoman in Batman Returns.
1: Uh, I've seen, I've probably seen her in a bunch of things, I just can't remember them. Scarface, she's um, his
0: wife, and uh, more recently, she was in the film Mother. (laughs) Mother? Yeah, Mother! The one with Jennifer Lawrence in a house stuck with Javier Bardem. She plays a woman in it. Uh, It's one of those art house wank movies where it's like man, woman. But it's just the story of creation. So she's basically Eve. Um, And Ed Harris is Adam. Uh, She's great. A lot of people would know her as well from... She's just just one of the actresses that's in everything. Uh, Stardust she was in as an evil witch in that movie. She was the best part of Stardust, and that's saying a lot because, you know,
1: it's a great movie, and it has Robert De Niro in it. And how would you say that there has been a strong influence of Grease 2 on those performances, Ryan? Oh, Yeah.
0: <laughs> It was very funny, there was an interview with her on Graham Norton, and he mentioned Greece 2, and she just smiled, and that's all she had to reply with. She she was like, I really loved you in Greece 2, and she was just like, mm. <laughs> Ah, you know, I can understand why she wouldn't look at it favourably. She didn't have a great experience with her co-star. It, it did flop when it came out. It is not well acclaimed, it isn't, but it did launch her career and she's great in it. And I personally believe that it is a great successor to Greece. I think it's better than Greece. Uh, uh, but even if you don't agree with it being better than Greece, which is the question I've got to ask you, Bartek, on the show is this better than the original? We all have to agree that this is a film that, um, needs to be looked at again. There's a lot more value here than what you may yeah, have definitely. seen on the first time round or when it first came out. This is a film with a lot of worth to it. It raises a lot of issues. It critiques the original. It's very insightful. But uh, Grease. Is Grease 2 better?
1: We'll save it for the review. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: And then you'll be like, I, I actually am not a Grease fan. I'm more hairspray. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that the prize is a discount at some shit shop. Like, like it's like
1: Dave's Discount Emporium or something. Wasn't the prize the records?
0: No, they get, the guys get the records, she gets a discount voucher.
1: Oh, so was that the stipulation of the rules or something? Or? No, that's just what
0: she, they get. Like, they get the records and she got a voucher. That's what happened. Because he's the king and she's the queen.
1: Okay, I, I guess I missed that part. Yeah, yeah
0: they set that up
1: it's very important you
0: know no I'm just saying that it's a I thought it was a great little visual gag she's feeling shit and terrible and she gets a voucher that's a big orange voucher that says discount all right and it's just kind of like she feels discounted right now that's the mise-en-scene that's great storytelling
1: so ryan do you believe that nine months have passed throughout this film yes i do too because it clearly has
0: I wouldn't have necessarily said nine months, but definitely well, time, school a school year. time has progressed far better. I think the construction of time in this is better than the original. The original
1: I always thought took place in one week. It really yeah, these two films really do feel like they take place in a shorter period of time than a school year. I, I thought this one felt
0: it because he's doing his transition to the cool rider. He's doing all the guys' homework things. You have the progression of the T-Birds. I felt like this one pasted out better with the substitute teacher being introduced after the first guy left. Uh, you know, them reminding you with the principal doing her voiceover things. I felt like it pasted better than the original where I, I legitimately always thought that took place over one week. But then it's like, oh, it's a, an entire school year. Oh my god, I, fu- I didn't realise. You know
1: what, now that you mention it, I genuinely agree with you on that. Because, yeah, there are a lot of different, like, cuts to things that are clearly happening later. Like, he's training to ride the bike over a long period of time, clearly.
0: You have, like, little thing, like like, you mentioned the foreshadowing of the bunker. It doesn't, like, if it was the original, it would have that bunker scene, and then two scenes later, or two songs later, it would be the bunker song. You know
1: what? I lo- I this was, it waits. I was legitimately wa- waiting, like, we-, we didn't pass the bunker song yet, did we? And then eventually when the principal's assistant started playing the siren, I'm like, oh, now it's coming.
0: Yeah, now it's coming. Yeah. Um, because
1: they needed an- one extra bit of foreshadowing. Uh-oh.
0: The substitute teacher and the boobies teacher might have been kissing behind those shaky things that they're shaking. They no weren't kissing, they were acting. I like how there's fire in the middle of the pool. Like like they've set they put petrol in there and just set it on fire. Like there's nothing in there. They've just set the water on fire. Yeah, that is
1: interesting.
0: Like who did that? I love the gym teacher holding his hand there in the background like, like he's like oh I've got injuries I just want to give a shout out to um the the the, the, the sports teacher coach um, Donahue Sid Caesar was his name great name by the way mm. he is one of the most interesting comedic figures there was he is interesting in a weird way he was friends with Mel Brooks mm-hmm Mel Brooks has a great interview on the Conan O'Brien show about Sid Caesar. Sid Caesar was a great comedic talent. And he chose the path that was less fortunate, I guess. He had the choice at one period of time to go with Mel Brooks to Hollywood and make movies. And, you know, explore that. Or stay on his very own successful TV show. Sid Caesar has had his own show and he was a TV guy. Remember this is the 50s and 60s. He chose the TV route and he was very successful at it. People loved him for it and you know he, you could say it's a fortunate route, but it was the 50s and 60s. We don't have many records or much of what he did in comedic greatness on TV right in comparison to what he could have done in films. So it's really great to see him in these movies, you know, near the end, near the later end of his life. Um, No, not, you know, later end, but like later in his career in the late 70s, early 80s, to see him that he did eventually move to TV in film. Uh, But it is what he's one of those interesting figures that could have been one of the comedic, greats along with Mel Brooks he could have been you know with Gene Wilder and Dom DeLuise and Madeline Kahn and that stable of actors in that in that in those films unfortunately he wasn't he did choose tv and I'm sure that he was amazing on tv and eh, it's always it's just good. harder to remember him, it's right? harder Not to necessarily- have a legacy yeah. when you were doing tv at that period of time because
1: so not necessarily... That they, he... didn't
0: res- they didn't have restorations for those. So, they didn't yeah, so save them. Not... TV was a finite thing.
1: Yeah, so not necessarily that he did better or worse picking what he picked. It's just that it's harder to be remembered for it. Yeah, legacy. It's, yeah.
0: It was less risky for him to stay on TV, have a paycheck from week to week, than the risk of trying to pursue movies mm-hmm. with Mel Brooks, who, you know, was a legend at that time already in terms of TV but not in terms of what we know him now. Mel Brooks is one of the greatest comedic legends of all time. Mm. You know, you list a movie of his that you like, and I'm sure I will have one of the movies of his that I like that is my favourite. You can say, my favorite's this Mel Brooks, and I'm like, weird, because my favorite's this one. He has such a great back catalogue of movies. Of course, The Producers being one, yep. and that's a great musical as well. Uh, was he in that movie? The original producers? Yeah, I don't think he was. I don't think so. Either. Um, it was Gene Wilder in the original, but yeah. I don't. He may have had a small cameo role or something light, but yeah, I don't. Because I've seen that one, but I don't remember. I can't when. remember. It's yeah. been a while, and obviously, it's a great stage musical. Um, I wish Grease Two was a stage musical. I would be curious of how they would do it, because stage Grease Two feels like a movie. Mm-hmm. In comparison to Greece One, like I can understand how Greece One works as a stage musical, but Greece Two feels like it's got way more of a cinematic quality to it.
1: Maybe that's why the progression of time works better in Greece Two, because the a musical wouldn't really have to focus on that since it mainly focuses on the main parts of the plot. Yes, like the part the fact the fact that they graduate at the end of Greece is just like a, oh okay, you didn't have to do that. That's fine. Yeah, this they also graduate at the end of this. <laughs> Well, yeah, but this one... And I guess, yeah, they didn't have to do it here either, but it's... But this oh, this event's like end of the year blue hour, right? Yeah. So I guess that makes more sense.
0: It does make more sense. And they have the freeze frame ending, and then they keep freeze framing the ending with more <laughs> photos
1: with autographs. That was, that was a neat credit. It so was better than black, screen white scrolling text. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: But that's a pretty original way to end a movie. <laughs> um and he is a, you know Johnny you're thinking he's going to be a, a tougher meaner guy than what he what you think because he's been pretty mean and tough throughout the m- movie but look he's actually nice he he actually gives in and realizes that this guy's cool he recognizes him as who he was as shakespeare right and he's done great things for them as you know as as shakespeare doing all their homework assignments and being friendly to them and not condescending that's one of the things i like about both Grease movies is They understand that you can have characters that can be snarky and mean and rude, but they're not actually condescendingly rude, I find. Like, in the first movie, Rizzo doesn't really... Rizzo and the pink ladies don't like the chick who wants to be the vice president or whatever, but they're not actually mean to her. They're not actually rude. We know as the audience that they don't like her very much, but they don't say mean shit to her. Or scrunch up her pamphlets and throw them away or blow smoke in her face or anything like that. The worst you get is the T birds upskirt her at the dance. They grab her skirt and throw it above her head. And that's the T birds who did that. So I kinda like that. Like it goes with the T birds as well. They're like they're not truly mean or rude to Sandy in the first movie.
1: They recognize that she's a nice person, but
0: they're kinda of like, "What the
1: heck, dude?" Like that was a wonderful analysis, Ryan. Everyone will only remember the fact that you like the upskirt. <laughs> it's the only part of Greece I like <laughs> <laughs> now, Greece too, oh boy, Now, if Rizzo and Kaniki both got upskirts,
0: Rizzo for sure,
1: <laughs> not Kaniki? nah he should have gotten one in Dickie Roberts.
0: Yeah, that's right. he was in Dicky Roberts. So I was like, "When was he on the show already?" <laughs> that's <laughs> in, why I said kind in of Dicky Roberts when they were celebrating child actors, and he was being celebrated for Kaniki. You know, when he was a full-grown adult, like yeah, <laughs> and he was Kaniki. That was weird. And um, the film's coming to a close now. Our two star-crossed lovers have finally figured out who each other are, respect who each other are, like they love each other for who they really are as well as the personas they put on for them for themselves and for the rest of the world and that's a far more powerful message than the original movie like honestly i just don't understand still to this day how people can enjoy the original movie when its message is just so deeply flawed and wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> change yourself for him wholeheartedly like Goodbye Sandra D Hello slut
1: D Slutty
0: No just slut D She's just a slut
1: Doesn't have the same ring No I'm right Slutty D If you're right why'd you start with no No I am right You should have said yes I am right
0: No to you Yes I are right No to you but
1: yes I am right No to you but yes I am right That's what I said and you said yes to that this is a great episode because of that conversation. Also, since we near the end of the you know episode, we should mention something. Yes. Something we forgot.
0: Oh, we don't have a guest.
1: <laughs> no, no. We, the, the rules of this show is that the guests can't speak until we introduce them. Oh, okay. That, and we haven't introduced them yet.
0: <laughs> They've been sitting here very quietly <laughs> listening to me and you talk about
1: Greece too. They're like, I watched it too, you know. Yep, but they're not allowed to speak because we haven't said their name yet. So, guys, the guest for this episode is... Oh, look, they're dancing, Ryan. Oh,
0: wow, like a feather, birds of a feather. Ah, forever and ever.
1: Birds of a feather flock together.
0: That's a saying, you
1: know. That's what they were alluding to. That's correct. Ryan was nodding his head, like, vigorously.
0: I vigorously shook my head. (laughs) So, this film didn't, you know, stick in the the mind of generations that came before and after and that's sad that is sad but at least this movie challenged the concepts of the original it didn't just replicate the original and if it did it did it in a way to critique
1: hmm. but uh, unfortunately what part of its unappreciated value is that people dismiss it as simply you know gender swapped Greece,
0: Exactly. It also had the gumption to include the shot in which a man's balls
1: fell out of his shorts. <laughs> and isn't that really bravery? Definitely is, because I can't imagine that this film was rated a res- one of those res- restricted ratings that Australia has. No. No. If we even had those back in 82.
0: We would have, I imagine. So the film has um, come to an end. It's got the uh, yearbook kind of ending with all the little photos and signatures and scribbles. Um, Let's give our reviews and and rating. Um, I'll go first. Mm -hmm. I love Grease 2. I like it so much more than the original Grease, which I have discussed in depth already at this point. I love Michelle Pfeiffer as an actress, as an individual, and of course, aesthetically. I mean, she is one of those great beauties. Uh... (laughs) Apparently she they did like like a I can't remember what it was like a beauty thing or whatever where they did measurements of of people's faces or whatever and her exact uh, measurements and dimensions match perfectly with the human concept of beauty. Okay. So scientifically proven that she's hot. Uh this film had interesting uh views on its predecessor but also had the gumption to stand on its own feet, have its own style about it. It was brave, it was unique, it was interesting. It had some dark moments in it, some rough moments, but they were needed. They were unique in their own right. You know, I could see people saying, I don't like that attempted rape sequence where it doesn't really play it off as attempted rape. It plays it a bit goofier but it doesn't play it too goofy like the original would have. It doesn't have like, you know, I find it interesting that some audience members apparently said that was adorable. Uh, It speaks a lot more about them (laughs) than it does about the film. I think Uh, the teachers are great in this. They actually utilize the actors involved in this film. That's one of the big things. The acting's much better in this movie. They actually utilize their talents outside of their singing and dancing, which is great. Everyone's on the same page in this movie, I believe. Uh, Even with the two leads being, um, you know, opposed to each other. They didn't like each other in real life. I don't think that impacts too heavily on the chemistry that we see on the screen. If I had to give this film a rating, which I do, I would give this... um Ah, well, Vartak. it's kind of hard. I want to give it something like... A musical kind of rating, but I don't know musicals well enough. I I might give it a hand drive.
1: Give it a hand job.
0: Out of let's bowl, let's bowl, let's rock and roll. Right, hand drives from the first movie, and uh, let's bowl, let's ball, let's rock and roll, let's score tonight. It's from the second. Bartek, like, I'd love to hear from you, and what you think, and and you said you were gonna give me the answer in your review.
1: I did say that. And boy, do I have an answer. This movie was great. I really liked it. I really liked the first one. I really liked the second one. This one stands out on its as its own film, which a lot of the positive things that I've read about this film online kind of focus around that... Um, that notion, the whole idea of you have to look at it at, look at it as its own film. Multiple two-letter words in a row, it gets a bit tricky, right? Put there. a noun in there. Noun, um, Bartek. This film, I think, is worth the watch. It, it's definitely something different. But still something so familiar to life. Like we can we do have this agreed notion that the message of the first film, the thing about change, changing yourself for another person, is considered not to be a great value or lesson to take from it. But we do have to acknowledge that change change is a big part of life. But also the thing that would have made the first film's message better would be changing for yourself, not just changing yourself. It's about becoming the best you that you can be. So you can... Like, we were having fan theories earlier about, like, oh, where does uh, Michael go from here? Does he become the leader? Or does he, you know, does he change even more? You could, We could easily just have the same thing about the first film, and who knows, maybe... They realise it was just a little fad. Greases are out. Maybe the next year they're like, oh, let's just be early hippies or whatever. Um, It's all... But I guess something to be said about these two films is that they are perceived in different ways by different people. And I think that that is a value that we... That's the lesson that we can take from the Grease franchise as a whole. As for which one I think is better... Let's let me tell you a little something about the Uesugi clan of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a no, lesson.
0: <laughs> Nowhere I know where you're gonna go. Nowhere I know where you're gonna
1: go. Admittedly, I didn't expect Japan to come up. I'm interested. Go on. Well, Ryan, if we're learning from history, I should bring in some history. The Uesugi clan in Japan. It's still around to this day, by the way. Oh, good. Um, but in in the fifteen hundreds, late fifteen hundreds, they were one of the tough clans in the middle part of the fifteen hundreds. Um, I'll say fifteen hundreds again because I've said it multiple times already. Say fifteen hundred times. Fifteen hundred times. We're up to like five, so it's yeah, you I've know, got a head start. Um, <laughs> at one point, they adopted a man from a different clan. He was the son of that clan's le- uh, leader. And he became, you know, he, they changed his name. He became an Uesugi. And eventually, despite the clan's strength, the leader of the clan died. And then there was this whole conflict of which of the two children, his actual, uh, you know... Flesh and blood. Flesh and blood, or his adopted son, would become the next successor.
2: Hmm.
1: What remained was his uh, his older sister who loved both as her own, you know, children. children. Um, one child, the the original one, was considered, you know, between in a fight to the death, he would win over the adopted son. Oh. And they did have this conflict between the two where they were going to fight and it was obvious that the older son would win. But that mother sided with the one that everyone thought was going to lose. Mm. And that son did end up losing... But she sided with him just to give him a bit of comfort. So what I'm saying is, even though I am sticking to my nostalgia and saying that I prefer Greece 1 more, if there was a war between the two, I would not hesitate to fight on Greece 2's side.
0: That's a sad story. I mean, it's inspirational. I've got to be like, and then that son won and he became the leader, but he died, right? Yes, he did. (laughs)
1: <laughs> to, to be fair, in the in the conclusion of that era, the Uesugi's did not come out on top. But you know, oh,
0: okay. So if he <laughs> did win, he could have made them come out on top. <laughs> so the Who story, knows? the story that Basik tried to stay, say is, uh, Greece 2 will come out on top if you let it.
1: The story is we're doomed either way. Yeah, death is waiting us all. But the country that they're from is still around, so that's something.
0: Anything, anything more about Greece two? You want to share with us? Any more views? Any suppo- rating or
1: review? Well, I was literally gonna say the rating was the only thing I had left. Go on, buddy. I give Greece two, an amazingly, surprisingly, excellently. Out of. That's my rating.
0: Okay, so Bartek, you have amassed some reviews from IMDb for Greece Two because yes. YouTube didn't have much to say about uh, Greece Two. Yes, not which, on the trailers at least, which is unfortunate. But thankfully, IMDb had some emotional responses for us. Let's
1: mm-hmm. hear what you have found. In the past Ryan when you used to find IMDb reviews you said that you needed that we needed to find you know positives and negatives that's correct Because of this film's reputation I've picked only positive ones but <laughs> yes. they are ones that are passionate like you said and that they are worth hearing I love passion You too me too
0: Wow let's get passionate about passion
1: Whoa. The first review is called Maxwell Caulfield is edible (laughs) from February 15th, 2009. Technically, we're all edible. 7 out of 10. This is the lowest rating of the reviews I've picked. I imagined. How does he do that with his eyes? (laughs) He slants them down and you see light pass through his green corneas. (laughs) Is it pronounced corneas? No, no, you got it, corneas. They look supernatural. I guess he has a bit of a chin problem, but those luscious lips that drip sex appeal are right there. And when he kisses Michelle Pfeiffer, he barely moves them. I love it when guys kiss like that. Okay, IMDB forces me to write ten lines, so this is going to get really cheesy because it's all going to be about Maxwell Caulfield. First of all, he did a great job, quietly emoting throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I mean, he had a sw- sorry, he had a shallow script to work with, oh. but he made it heartfelt, without wincing or puckering or sighing or voguing. His di- his deadpan face screamed heartache. Ouch! And Michelle Pfeiffer was good too for a startup. Yeah, back to Corfield. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay.
1: What, yeah, back what, to One Caulfield sentence, again. then let's get back to Corfield. Yeah, back to Corfield. <laughs> so where the heck did he end up? He did TV shows for TV shows for years. What a waste of a perfect face, gorgeous <laughs> eyes, and that soft voice that makes me pucker. This sounds like a serial killer.
0: <laughs> they're so obsessed with body parts. It's like there's some kind of surgeon that wants to dissect him.
1: I loved it. Thank you for your review. I want to dissect him. The next review is called Grease 2. from the Bold 5th, title. From the 5th of March, 2006. This is a 10 out of 10 review. I hoped so. You guys are crazy. This is the best movie. I love it. I think it is just as good as Grease. My friends and I love to sing the songs. I don't know what you guys watched. The best! I am using the song Seasons for a project on Seasons at school. I saw that bad comment and I wanted to tell the truth. Mm. I thought the song For Our Country was great too. I especially liked to song Cool Rider. It's a good song. It was one of my favourites. I want a cool rider, a cool rider. If he's cool enough, he can burn me through and through. Let's do it for our country, the red, white, and blue. I'll be your girl for all seasons. These are a few lines from different songs. Thank you. And the final review... Oh, good. ...is I love this movie. From the 20th of August, 2005... 10 out of 10.
0: I was hoping for a 10 out of 10. It would have been weird if they gave it a 3 out of 10. I
1: love this movie. 3 out of 10. I already said that 7 was the lowest rating, so it couldn't be. (laughs) I love this movie. It is my second favorite to Phantom of the Opera. Maxwell Caulfield is the hottest man I have ever seen. He's He's 23 in that that movie. Now he's old and stuff. Sad face. I want a time machine to go back in time and marry him when he's young. I love his accent. He gives me goosebumps just thinking about him. Brackets. No lie. I like the storyline of this movie better than the original Grease, but the musical part was not as good. Maxwell Caulfield rocks! I'm literally obsessed! I wish I was born earlier, sad face. I'm only 14 now. I <laughs> I can't stop thinking about him. He's the hottest man alive, brackets, in the 80s. If I were smart, I would build so build a time machine and go back to the 80s to marry Maxwell Caulfield. If this movie didn't have him in it, I wouldn't like it nearly as much. Thank God they picked him. I wish he were younger. He's my new love. LOL, I'm in love with a forty-seven year old man. LOL, I wish I would <laughs> I wish I could make him younger. He was so hot when he was twenty-three. Why does he have to be old now? My favourite line was when he <laughs> said, Actually, I think you're kind of terrific. <laughs> oh I wish a Guy would say that to me. Oh well.
0: Well, I've got a bit of feedback for this girl. Now, you're 14, and you want him to be younger, but he is the problem. She's 27 now, I think. But we're talking about when she was that, when she wrote this, right? Yeah. Now, we don't know if she invented a time machine. She might have. But here's the thing, well, She girl. said if she was smart, she would. But she might have got smart. Oh. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to help you. You need to wait to use that time machine until you're 41 years old. Because Maxwell Caulfield was when he did this film, married, and is still married to this woman, Might dad. He was married to a 41-year-old woman. So Maxwell Caulfield is not interested in young women, okay? He's interested in older women. So if you want to succeed at marrying him when he was young, you have to be old. That's the trade-off. He doesn't want young you It's been proven that he's into older women. So you have to wait till you're 41. Live a loveless life till that point. Travel back in time and marry him. You can't be 14 you or 27 year old you. You have to be 41 year old you and date a 20 something year old him. You just have to accept that. And remember this. It's very risky if you're going to have kids with him, okay, at that age. I mean, you could, but you're pushing it after a certain point. Like, like, remember, you want to have a steady relationship with him and get married, or do you just want to instantly marry him? Think this through. You're smart now. That's all I have to say. I just wanted to give this girl proper feedback, because I have some information that she probably didn't have. I didn't want her to travel back in time and fuck things up.
1: Also, there's another fan of Greece too, who thinks he has luscious lips, so you better be careful. There's competition. There's
0: competition you want to dissect him. So, that was great. Thank you very much, Bartek. Uh, Guest, we almost introduced you, but sorry, uh, we'll do it next episode. Uh, You've been fantastic, by the way, just sitting there in the corner, crying. Um, Bartek, as always, fantastic to have joined you in yet another episode of our show in which we talk about movies this time, Greece 2. Uh, you guys at home have been fantastic, amazing, wonderful, superfluously great listening people. If you want to help us out, give us a review and rating on iTunes. Uh, you can subscribe to us there. We also have social medias, Facebook. Uh, we have YouTube, all of that. We're under Spit and Polish Presents. You can follow us and find us under that Uh, We're on Spotify now, which is neat. Uh, Google Play, YouTube, Podbean, iTunes, all of that. You can find us there. Until next time, guys, remember to be kind to one another.
1: Ryan, the guest died.
0: Oh, no. What are we going to do?
1: They got on a motorcycle and... You know, I, I was chasing after them saying, stop. So it's murder. Stop,
0: stop, stop,
1: stop. I forgot to say anything more Oh, than you're stop. trying to stop them. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: If you were chasing after them with the intent of hurting them, manslaughter. Definitely. I'm a judge. I know, Ryan, but. <laughs> they, they drove over a ramp. Oh, no! And they vanished. Did you see him in the quarry? No. They're dead, I'm afraid. We won't be back next week. Uh, We're going to take a week off now because of the dead guest. We'll see you when we'll see you. You'll hear from us when you hear from us.
1: Ryan, what? If I would have a dream and they appeared there, what do you think they'd say to me? They would say, cool shoes, Bartek. Cool shoes.